so good morning. It is a Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I'm Glenn. He's Griffin. Uh, uh, Carson Daly is here as well. Oh, you know what? It's so much easier. Why didn't I ever think of it before? It's Carson Weekly. Oh, my God. That's the one. Where the hell's that been? I can't believe it. That just hit me. Carson Weekly. Hey, you even know who Carson Daly is? Yeah. All right. Hang on. We got to turn it There we go. Right. The talk show guy. Do you know the talk show? Like, do you know? He was, he did host a late show at one point. That did happen. That's not a, you actually, you're kind of on to something. Uh, Carson Weekly. Damn. That's a good one. And I can't believe I didn't. Oh, well, we can start now. Well, yeah. I mean, it's what we're going to do. It's Carson Weekly is here with us. Um, so, a couple of things. One, if, if you're about to tweet me to say, hey, I, I don't hear you. What's going on? Uh, blame Carson Weekly. Um, and but it's something that we're going to look to fix as we move into our new studio. We have this sort of flimsy situation where anything can reset the power in this studio. It, uh, If you remember, it happened the morning that uh, Andrew Stecka was here with his tarantula um, in the middle of the show. The first morning I was here, I think. It Did it happen? Really? Well, while, uh, while I was here with Paul, that happened. I don't know if I remember that. <laughs> um, it's very frustrating. It's not going to be like that when we move into the new studio. That's a promise. Um, but... What happened was it reset everything in the studio. Well, everything started up back up just fine, except for the computer that handles our audio streaming, which decided to do like a you know the Microsoft update thing that that's still in the process of resetting. So our options were wait that out to start the show, which is pretty packed. We got a lot on today's program. Or just go ahead and start the show on YouTube and Facebook Live and then join join in progress audio-wise. And so we decided to make that choice that we would join today's show already in progress. So our apologies. Um, we will get there, I promise. And anything you miss or anything you did miss, I don't even know. Who would hear this if you're missing it? What is the point? <laughs> if you switched over, I guess if you started looking for the audio and switched over to video... Yeah, forget it. What am I doing? What am I doing? Um, a busy day. Busy day coming up. Uh, we are scheduled to be joined, as uh, always, on Wednesday by Drew Forrester from DrewsMorningDish.com and 105.7 The Fan. We got the Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios up at Glenn Clark Radio and Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. Uh, later on this hour, uh, Stephen Means, who recently re-signed with the Baltimore Ravens. Good to have him back. We will chat with him. In the 11 a.m. hour, we're scheduled to be joined by longtime MLB umpire Dale Scott, who is going to be appearing at um, the Orioles game tonight for Pride Night. Uh, Dale wrote a book detailing his own coming out, and it's an interesting story. It's, a, it's an unbelievable story, honestly. Um, and clearly something that's still within baseball you don't see every day. Um, so we'll talk to Dale about that and, you know, why Angel Hernandez stinks and still is allowed to work. I hope. I mean, I'm guessing he's an umpire. He'll probably be like, oh, no, you're hard on the guy too much. I'm guessing they protect their own. Um, but we're still going to address it. And then uh, later on in the program, we will uh, chat with um, uh, Nelson Cruz, of course, uh, who is probably – I was thinking about this the other day. I was thinking about doing a list of the most impactful one-year Baltimore athletes, like who's one-year – in Baltimore was most impactful. And I'm, I'm afraid that everybody just immediately jumped to Trent Dilfer, but the truth is Trent Dilfer really wasn't good. Like, he happened to be the quarterback, but we all know that he was just the guy that was sort of shepherding, don't F it up. 
Whereas Nelson Cruz was really good. They just didn't win the World Series because everybody got hurt, unfortunately. But uh, Nelson Cruz back in town as uh, the Nationals took game one of a short two-game series last night, 3-0. We'll talk to Nelson Cruz a little bit later on. So a lot to do on the program today. Um, I am going to take a minute here at the top. Um, I think anybody who's watched and listened to this show over the years knows that Jalen Ferguson was a regular with us over the years. I Ironically, Reed and I were just having a conversation last week where I was like, man, Jalen's look great. I, I can't wait to get him on. And we had talked legitimately about having him on the radio show this Sunday because so many times that I had talked to Jalen Ferguson over the years, we were talking about him trying to ramp up and opportunity and and I just like Jalen Ferguson a lot, man. I think we all remember the story of Jalen Ferguson and how he spent his draft day literally cleaning up a hurricane that had run through Louisiana. The most exciting, most impactful day of his life, what he was concerned about was taking care of his community and being there for other people. You're seeing a lot of pictures this morning of Jalen Ferguson's family. Two kids, which is just unthinkable. I so badly wish that we weren't having this conversation because we've been rooting for so long for the conversation about Jalen Ferguson to be about him finally having his moment as a football player. There's no big takeaway. You know, I, we don't know a lot about, we don't know anything, frankly, yet. Nor, ultimately, to me, does it matter all that much. I mean, I, it matters. I get it, but... The story is that uh, a life was cut in t- not just entirely too short, but someone who I can tell you was a really remarkable human. Um, and in particular, a remarkable human that was always... He was so remarkable that despite his struggles, he always wanted to talk. He was so giving of his time. He didn't run away from the fact that it wasn't working. He he wanted to tell you, hey, man, it's on me. I got to work. I got to get better. I think the things we know about Jalen Ferguson, again, we all remember the draft day thing. We all remember how he had broken Terrell Suggs' record for most sacks in a season in college and, you know, kind of how cool we thought it was that now he's going to play Terrell Suggs' team and how badly we wanted to see it work out for Jalen Ferguson. Um, I, I, I don't. There's not. There's nothing. I, I don't know what else you can say. I don't. I genuinely don't know what else you can say. It's unthinkable. It's, it's tragic doesn't begin to describe it. It's tragic when someone in their 60s passes away. That's tragic. You didn't get to the place in your life where you could use the words natural causes and everybody can say, okay. A- anything other than that is tragic. This is something so far beyond that. This is incomprehensible. This is outrageous. I, I can only imagine how shook everyone is inside that building. 
And I, I didn't bother to send messages or do anything like that because, my God, the overwhelming grief. I just can't fathom it. That's for somebody else. I'll let somebody else be that guy. I, These guys, you know, I know how much Tyus Bowser loved Jalen Ferguson. We spent a lot of time talking about it last year. I can't fathom. I can't fathom the profoundness of the impact. I can't fathom how crushing, how devastating it must feel to those guys that that know Jalen Ferguson on a day-to-day level. Patrick Queen was talking a lot about it this morning on Twitter. They would go out of their way to spend time in the sauna together every day. I really like Jalen Ferguson, man. I really, really like Jalen Ferguson. There's not a real good way to to move on, so what we're going to do is we're going to We'll just take a break here just to separate this because we're going to do a show and we're going to talk about, you know, everything we're going to talk about. But I just want you guys to know what a wonderful person I found Jalen Ferguson to be in so many conversations that he and I had during his time here. And um, just just retching, retching news to wake up to this morning. We'll, we'll do the Glenn Clark radio portion of the program when we come back in here. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit MDGambling help.org are you ready soccer fans this summer the english premier league returns to baltimore arsenal everton square off in the charm city match july 16th under the lights at mt bank stadium home of the baltimore ravens this is your only opportunity to take in a premier league match this summer in the mid-atlantic region individual and group tickets are on sale at baltimoreravens.com That first sip, that first bite, Mm. start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast, Royal Farms. Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy our award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings. Or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays and $6.99 nachos on Thursdays. Dine in and let us serve you or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you Glory Days Grill, great food, good sports. 
The 2022 baseball season is in full swing, and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle, to young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash pressboxsports, or you can listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. So join us live on the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. It's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants. Like me, right now. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. I, I briefly mentioned it, but the Orioles did indeed lose the Nationals 3-0 last night. Uh, Jordan Lyles, despite not really being all that great, managed to work his way through six-plus innings of only going up two runs, which is sort of the Jordan Lyles story and why he's likely to have at least some sort of market at the deadline because somehow, some way, he manages to give you innings. Um, even when you look at him and say, I don't think he's really pitching all that well, but yet somehow... At the end of the day, he delivers you a quality start. Um, it's not all the time that he delivers a quality start, but he just does deliver you innings, and that is a commodity. Not to say that he would get you a lot or anything of significance at the deadline, but everyone needs pitching, and there's only so much of it that's available. The Orioles will play game two of that series, very short series tonight against the Nationals before they head to Chicago. Joining us now, DrewsMorningDish.com, Fairways and Greens, 105.7 The Fan. He is a friend, Drew Forrester. He's with us now, and I, I, I just can't believe you put that black cloud over the U.S. Open last week by talking so much about the Live Golf Tour. You should really be ashamed of yourself. By the way, the guy that called me, your new producer that will be there for a couple months, um, he said Glenn Clark Radio in Baltimore. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't realize that you're also in Baltimore. Like, he, you know, it's... It's, oh it's, man, but I but I will still say he's better than Paul. Well, I mean, come on, that's it's a low bar though. <laughs> like, hey Paul, what's happening? Um, yeah, how dare you? What how, was your question? How dare, oh, how dare you? Right. How dare you put such a black cloud? You put. I a, mean, that you, was you the, put of, a black cloud on it. It's, of all the guys who have gone, he was the most obvious one of them all from the beginning because they took his brother, who, I, when I say can't play a lick. I'm comparing him to the best players in the world. Like his brother is when you look up journeyman that chase Kepka's pictures there. And, and it probably is, has a giggle emoji next to it. Cause he might not even be a journeyman. Right. So when he got money from them, you, you knew Brooks was going. And when they asked him last week about it and, and the funniest comment of the whole thing was when they said, Hey, have you had a chance to talk to your brother about the first event in London? And, and this is, four days after it was finished and he said nah I haven't, I haven't really gotten around to talking to him about it honestly you're like okay so when do you leave you know it was very obvious he was always going to leave I mean I I think it was oh, just I, a negotiating I, I hear you they probably offered him 50 million right. and he said not enough and they said how's 80 and he said not enough and eventually they said how's 150 and he said yeah, sounds right, like I'll, right. Sounds see, like I'll go. See, it, see in Portland, right? One hundred percent. No, yeah, I, I mean, it, it's it's Raphael Palmero wagging his finger at Congress. Funny though, like it's it's oh, 100%, so funny. Hundred like, percent. Because he he you know he chastised everybody last week for um and and I wrote this this morning. Like now it kind of all makes sense, right? He started off 
Um, he started the week off by having to stand up there in front of them and, you know, pretty much lie and say, and, and not only lie, but make them out to be the bad guy. Then he started off playing decently, also knowing that by Thursday, the scuttlebutt in the real golf underground was he was gone. And he knew that, right? I mean, he knew, he, he knew that was that was out there. He could read it. He knew it. And then his golf started to suffer over the weekend. So like the whole thing comes full circle. Like, dude, you, you, you told everybody you aren't going, everyone knows you're going. Now there's no way out of it. So not a surprise at all. And, but you know, realistically, the only real, the only guy out there so far who confronted it and lied about it, the rest of them didn't even Right. Confront it, right? You know, yeah. They, they well, the, uh, Phil Mickelson was an utter coward until you know he was actually right. Utter, right. Um. So so, as far as look, I, who cares now, right? Like now, now this thing exists. They just go to nobody cares, and they'll go play golf in Portland, and maybe two people. That I, I don't even know how much you're gonna care. So I, it's kind of the only part that's interesting is who's gonna go do it. Nobody actually cares once they go do it. Um, because they already got rid of, got through the first one. The U.S. Open, however, again, not for me, but for golf people, it did come off as being very compelling. I guess my question is, is tell me the story on Matthew Fitzpatrick, right? Is he a guy that's just a good golfer and he'll be in the mix, or is is he really someone who could win three, four more of these and force the average person to care about him? Yeah, I, I think he is. He Now, I mean, four might be ambitious, because, I mean, Rory's only won four. But, um... He, you know, he had a great pedigree. He won the U.S. Amateur there uh, in 2013. He was an outstanding college player. Um, so, uh, just in in light of that, him winning a major championship, not all surprising. He's been very, very good on the European Tour. Um, had not yet won until this past weekend on the uh, on the PGA Tour. But his DNA pointed to something like this happening for him. I think most people probably assumed it would have been a British Open before a U.S. Open. Um, but the, the story on him is that three years ago, he kind of, speaking of confronting, sort of confronted himself to say, I am not going to be able to win if I can't hit the ball further than I'm hitting it now. And he went on a several-year journey to hit the ball further without changing his body. He didn't go on this crazy diet that wrecked DeChambeau. Mm -hmm. He just went at it athletically through a what's become a very popular system um, in golf called the stack system, which is basically nothing more than six different weights that you screw on and screw off to the to the head of a um, a golf shaft, for lack of a better term, and you swing these weights on a daily basis based on information that's given to you through an app. And it's become very popular, but he was one of the first pros to really dive into it and um, commit to it. And over time, he's built up about 30 more yards of distance, which has totally changed. You know, I mean, uh, 30 yards on the PGA Tour is a club or two or three different, depending on what kind of shot you're hitting. He's gone from hitting seven irons into greens to hitting nine irons into greens. So... Um, so now that he's done this and he hasn't really sacrificed accuracy, in fact, he's become more accurate. Um, 
the 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 only thing left is can he have the hot putter this week? Interestingly enough, he didn't putt all that great at the country club um, and still won. But you know, it, it, these guys are almost all cookie cutter in that they all kill it, they all hit it fairly straight. And for the most part, they're hitting between 62 and 66% of the greens. Right. The upper echelon guys are hitting 70%, but most tour players are hitting between 62 and 66% of the greens. It just becomes a question of who puts the best that week. So if he gets three of those weeks over the next 10 years, mm-hmm. he, he, could, he could definitely win three or four. And I, I would say the same thing about him that I said about Morikawa a couple of years ago. His game... He he can kind of win anywhere. Mm-hmm. If if the winds are down at St Andrews, because that's the only defense the golf course has is the weather. If the weather is benign in, in next month, literally eighteen under is going to win there. Wow. He 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 could make twenty four birdies or twenty two birdies in four days there, and he could also, as he just did, win on the venue where the golf where it requires you to play the best golf. You know the. St. Andrews is just bombing out there, and there's no there's no real trouble, but you can get in trouble with the wind by not being able to hit your ball close to the hole. But he could win anywhere. He could win at Augusta. So Fitzpatrick's, I, I liken him a lot to, like, Amorikawa, whereas his game fits kind of nicely with any of these places where they play the majors. He's Drew Forrester, DrewsMorningDish.com. He's with us here on GCR. And then what about this meeting yesterday? And then I swear to God, we're not doing any more golf. We've done so much. I can't believe how much I've talked about golf in the last month. Um, um, what about this meeting yesterday and these rumors about them trying to do their own kind of super tour thing? What do you, right. what do you make of all that? Well, I, I, I haven't seen it. I didn't even write about it today because I was waiting for – I want to see the actual press release from the PGA Tour. Rather, I, I believe most of Twitter, most of you know Dan Rappaport's and – and the the guys that are embedded in Kyle Porter, the guys that are embedded in golf, I believe them when they say, "Here's what happened yesterday." But I, I would rather just wait to see the tour publish it all. How all the details are there. Um, but you know, the answer to your question is, what happened is they, and I think I said this to you last week. I, I and I didn't hit this nail on, exactly on the head, but I said they're going to change their schedule. Right. This wraparound thing is a, was, always was a dumb idea, and it was just sort of artificially planted to give the guys from 50 to 150 in rankings, it gives them a head start on the FedEx Cup. But when the dust settles every year, none of those guys ever win. You know, Patton Kazire would always lead the FedEx Cup until January, and then when the real season started, yeah. he would he'd finish T fifty. Yeah, right? lo- love that so, guy, whoever he yeah, is. Right. Yeah, right. But so so what they've done is essentially said we're going to play January to August. That'll be the FedEx Cup. That'll be the season. Then we're going to come back in October, and to get the rankings for the next year, we're going to play a series of events for the guys 50 to 150 and we're going to play a series of events for the guys 0 to 50. The 0 to 50 guys will be playing for a gazillion dollars. The 50 to 150 guys will just be playing for millions. Mm-hmm. And they'll take they'll take the aggregate of those events and that's how they'll create their um that's how they'll create their exempt list for the next season, which will now start in January. 
Does that make sense? Sort of. I'm still yeah. uh, like. So it's nothing more than it. It, it is. It is. For sure, right. it is a quasi answer to live golf. Right. In that they will now take but what it, appears to be eight events. Right. But really, are, they, are they eight events that already exist, or are they eight new events that they're going well, that, to create? That, that's what I'm waiting for today. Yeah. I'm I'm wanting to make sure that is the FedEx Cup still finishing in because remember this is what's interesting about this the tour three years ago. Was it three, I guess, when they started this, or four, when they ended in August? Maybe three. But the tour did this completely to not have to fight with the NFL. Completely. Right. Let's, like, wrap, up they, by, let's wrap up when, by Labor Day weekend. Right. When they used to wrap up at the end of September, right. they fought for three weeks with the PGA, oh, with football, and they, and they were fighting with them not only for attention, but you got to remember – in, and I'll use our station here in Baltimore as an example. There would be times when the golf wouldn't be on, right? Because the football team was playing, right? So they're fighting. They're trying to get this TV coverage. They're trying to get as much attention to these last couple of events as they can. So they basically backed away, said NFL, you own September, which obviously is smart, and we'll end in August. Well, now. They're going exactly the opposite of that. Well, but it, it but the follow-up from Dan Rappaport was that these wouldn't all be in the fall. Like what they're saying that, that, that he said they'd be spread across the season, which is kind of what makes this more confusing because, like, is it the same top 50 guys? If if That's why, like, could it be that it's the Riviera becomes one of these events or something like right. that? And right, so that, that's an offshoot of the World Golf Championships. Now, what I did see yesterday is that – Four of them are going to be in the fall. Okay. For sure. Okay. Now, again, yeah, how, like, how do you do that? Here's, what, here's my prediction. My prediction will be that those events will not be in the United States. Okay. Okay. And, and because they won't be in the United States, you're not, the, you're time not, of, right. the time will be different. Right. You can do them in the morning. You, 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 you might, right. You might get up on Sunday morning at nine and watch the final round of the tournament from United Arab Emirates or. Japan. Well, there's also like and, I, I know it's crazy to think of, but there's also probably like the idea that you could do something. Uh, never mind. It's, there's no way to pull it no, off. No, but I I think this is the the football versus right. golf argument is very compelling because right. you just changed your tune three years ago, got out of fall golf. Now you're going to go back into it and and try to create these events to be sort of symbolic in nature that. They are the ones that are rewarding the best players. Mm -hmm. So we're all going to watch them. But am I going to watch? Now I would because yeah, I, I would. Yeah, but I get it. but right. would are people going to watch golf on at three o'clock on a Sunday no, afternoon no in chance September? In hell. No, no, no way. Right. So that's why I think these events, these significant big money grab events, will wind up being in Australia, in um, the Middle East. In Japan, they'll be elsewhere where the time change might not conflict as as heavily. Now, then the argument's going to be, well, who's going to get up at five thirty in the morning and watch golf? So, I, I am anxious to see what they do today right. because some of it is definitely a direct, um, you know, is a direct yeah, a, shot yeah. at live right. for sure. Right. Um, well, and to and, try and, to stop the bleeding, like, hey, look, if you're thinking about it, if it's something you've considered. Right. You don't need to. 
if if it's right. only about the money, we got you. You're gonna make right. more. We're, we figured out a way that you can make some more money. We're gonna go right. about. I doing wouldn't that. be shocked today, and it, and it didn't come out yesterday, and it, so it would have. But I wouldn't be shocked to see them adopt the formula that the USGA has, which is the USGA. If you miss the cut as a professional, you still get a stipend. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, I don't even know what it is. It might be five grand. Yeah, we, we talked about that you, last week. You yeah, still but, get. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm a little surprised the PGA Tour hadn't done that yet. But um, that could be coming. All right, quickly before we do, would you rather Wednesday? Um, wh- where are you as far as this is weird conversations kind of popped up this week about uh, oddly Jorge Lopez of all people, who has of course found money for the Baltimore Orioles. Like nobody on the planet thought right. there could be any value at all in Jorge Lopez, but there are lots of baseball people who are saying he's a real commodity. Like Peter Gammons was going on to me recently about how badly the Red Sox want him. And there's this interesting thing where you have this found money. Who knows if this guy is is really a legitimate closer for the next five years or is just the guy that happens to be good for a few months right now. And that's, you know, sort of measured against the fact that we think that in the next year or two, you're su- the wins and losses are supposed to start mattering here. So you could trade him, and you're still it's still a closer. You're not going to get you know, an overwhelming amount for him, but you can get something. The, the word is, in baseball circles, teams want him. Or you could say, we think he could be part of the solution of a competitive team in the next couple of years. What do you do? Well, I, I mean, it is bizarre that we're having this discussion. I, I, I would certainly move him, if just like any other player, if the price is right for him and you feel like you're getting the upper hand I don't want to say fleece because I don't think you can fleece someone for Jorge Lopez but if you can get something for him that's you know that you believe you win that you you win that fight or you know you win that trade go ahead (laughs) like I would say in my lifetime now some of these names you know but they predate you but I would say in my lifetime there have been five or six relief pitchers that stood the test of time. Not that Kimbrell guy who was good for a couple of years or Kenley Jansen. I'm talking about relief pitchers who stood the test right, of time. Right, right. Bruce Suter. Yeah, Lee Smith. Um, right, right. I get it. Dennis I, I, and yeah. I guess I could just classify it by saying these guys that are Hall of Famers and or should have been Hall of Famers. Right. Gossage, um, Suter. Obviously, Mariano, um, Hoffman, Wagner. Yeah, Hoffman. Right, those guys. And mm-hmm. and maybe if you want to, even currently, if you want to throw Chapman in there, I don't know. If he's ever going to make the Hall of Fame. But anyway, um, I, I, unless he's one of those guys. Okay, but but it, this is interesting, right? You're creating the standard of it. Being, I mean, these are guys that we're talking about a decade plus. You've got them under control for for two more years after this point, right? I don't know that my standard is that he's that guy. But could he be super helpful for you for two years as you try to transition into contention? Sure. And that's why you don't give him away. That's why if you can get something, if you feel like you can make a deal where when you hang up the phone, you go, holy cow, can you believe they gave us those three guys? Then you do it. But if you don't, you know, this is the same. I mean, I would classify this as the same argument you're having with Mancini or 
I, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I wanted to just say Mountcastle, but it, any of them, but this is, any of those guys it, are available. Right, it's but interesting. Some of them have, you've got to be blown away for. But I, you know, it's so funny you give that premise. I, I almost say the exact opposite. I don't think there are that many guys that I would have available at this point. I, I don't think there's any world. Why? To, to say, hey, look, if somebody wants to give you everything for Ryan Mountcastle, sure, but that's so unrealistic that why are we talking about it, right? Like, I, I think that Mancini's available, and unfortunately I think it's the opposite thing now. I think that Mancini, I've, I'm kind of making peace with they're just going to take whatever they can get from Mancini because they don't intend to pay him. So I, I, I hate I hate it. It's something that I'll, I'll yell about when we get there. But I'm I'm in a different place with Mancini where they are just going to trade him for the sake of trading him. I'm, I'm more and more convinced of that every day in every conversation I have with someone that they're just going to end up dealing him. Jordan Lyles, of course, if somebody gives you whatever for Jordan Lyles, you're going to take it because he's here for a year. So if people want pitching. If somebody thinks that there's something that they can get out of Jordan Lyles, you'll take whatever crap you can get for him in a trade. But outside of that, I don't really know who is available. Like, this is the weird part. I don't know that they're any longer in a place where this is what they're doing versus saying whatever faith we have in the fact that it is, that the time is, is now. Like, they've got to have pieces for the next couple of years in order to do this thing. Okay. Uh, uh, fair enough. But I, I don't – I don't. maybe I just don't have a, a high enough opinion of him to warrant – that you know to warrant that kind of attachment Man, I, it could be that i mean i just I, by the way i'm i don't know how i feel. it's a weird place that i am like i am absolutely i can i can make a, an argument on either side of this i can say hey well you just created jorge lopez so couldn't someone else just be your jorge lopez next year yeah and then, i mean that's that's kind of the way you know that that is the way i look at it again i, I he's got great numbers i mean he's, he's been phenomenal no but and a lot of people yeah. pointed out but they've been trying to do that for the last 3 years and none of the ones that michael Elias has thrown out there have worked this is the first one that's worked um right. that you've experimented with and that is relevant right like to just assume hey it could just be felix batista next year instead like m- maybe but if the games actually matter do you trust that i i don't know i didn't trust zach britton once upon a time but he turned out to be a revelation, right? I, right. I, it's it's a tough spot to be in to measure this against the idea that the games might matter, which I'm still struggling with a bit. But you know, we'll get there. All right, let's uh, let's play Would You Rather Wednesday really quickly. Would You Rather Wednesday brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Did you know, Drew, that Glory Days is giving away a backyard barbecue right now? There, you go to GloryDaysGrill.com. You can register to win a backyard barbecue for you and your you and your friends. And you and I, of course, have had more glory days. Well, I'm in. Yeah, yeah. correct. And if I don't win it, invite me and I'll come to it. Damn right. But that makes two of us. If, if we're not the winners, and I did, <clears throat> I did sign up this morning. If we're not the winners, we better be invited to this thing. Would you rather, number one, would you rather, you know, a lot of people complaining about uh, the fact that there aren't big events uh, sports-wise in the next few weeks. You've got the Stanley Cup final, a couple more games there. That's about it. That's about it. Two more. Would right. you? Would you rather? Oh, you're convinced that the Colorado will no, win. Uh, Colorado right. won tonight. So, would you rather, in order to try to fix that, the NBA and NHL move their seasons back a month so the finals push back well into July, or Major League Baseball adopts what they do at some levels of the minors and gives playoff spots for the first half of the season only, therefore creating significant games and playoff races ahead of the all-star game. Oh, it's like we used to do in little league. Um, 
that's what we used to do in Little League. Did you really? We did. I don't we, think you we did. Had, we, we had halves in Little League. We played 24 games. You'd have 12 in the first half we, and 12 we, in the second we did, half. We did not. Yeah, but did you did you get like into the playoffs because of the first half? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You made the playoffs. I did, we did not have that. That yeah. is that is that is different. We did some weird stuff at Glen Burnie. Yeah, um, I, I, I've heard. I'll take the baseball thing. I, you know how I feel about baseball. I think baseball is of all the sports. They're the, all the sports are screwed up. Baseball is the worst. And this would at least, you know, this would give you. 81 game, you know, this would give you two seasons essentially, and I think I would, I think it would be awesome. I mean, we'd still be in the playoff race at this point. Uh, well, not really, no, but not for the first half. Oh, but you're for saying the second half? Oh, I don't know if, the, if 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 you do the second half only, or if you do a full season at that point. I don't know what okay. that. I don't know what that would be, but it's a, that is a unique idea though for a team that's coming on. If you made it first half, second half, I actually do think that's a unique way to make more both more interesting. Oh boy, I, I, you actually just sold me on that. That that does make everything more interesting, and there's less has and has nots by the time you get to the trade deadline because there's more teams like hell. All we got to do is play well for two months, and we're in this thing. Um, that's fascinating. That's fascinating. All right, number two. Would you rather? I don't know if you saw the Vera Ten meme that was going around on Twitter this week. Vera Ten, but they pour the milk in their cereal bowl first, like Colin Morikawa. What a weirdo. And it doesn't even register as one of, like, the top ten strangest things about them. Or they're a seven, but they're largely quite normal. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can overlook the milk thing. Yeah, but I'm telling you, that's not even in the top ten of the odd things that this person does. Oh, oh, that's not in the top. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, oh that, lord, that that's how crazy this person is. Is right. that y- you don't even really notice the the weirdo the milk right. thing because yeah, maybe I'll go back and take the seven. Yeah, I think the seven might be the smarter play there. And number three, would you rather you win a radio contest prize? Congratulations, by the way. You're welcome. It's a oh, trip. It's a trip to the Ravens Cardinals preseason game in Phoenix in August, or it's an all-expenses-paid trip to the World Cup in Qatar, where you literally can't drink or have sex. Mm. I don't know, man. I might take Qatar. Really? I guess Dude, it doesn't it's the impact, World Cup. And it doesn't really impact you. You're not really the one that's yeah, going right. to be there. It's, it's not really. It's, yeah, it's not really going to impact you. I guess this is this is the. He, you're the wrong person to answer this question Correct. specifically. It's the World Cup, though. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. It's still, I don't know, dude. I'd be really worried. Even you, like, you might spit your gum out in a certain way and end up in jail for five years. Well, that's true. I mean, like, I, I really just don't think there's any world in which I'm going to cut. By the way, have you even seen the stadiums they're using? They, yes. They, they look like stacks of boxes. I know. The hell is I, going I on? I got a feeling one of them is going to fall apart oh, during the I actual think playing no of the game. There's no doubt that one of them is going to fall. Like I saw a picture yesterday and it said, "That's not a stadium. That's some Legos. Like that's what they're using to play the World Cup is some Legos that my seven and five year olds put together last week." No, hey, I, they didn't. I, I, they didn't want I Baltimore. They didn't want Baltimore. They said. Right. Said we're I good. know, right? So yeah, because our stadium, our, our subways, we're no good. Yeah, we're good. We'll go to Foxborough instead. They got, you know, as you know, tremendous subway systems in Foxborough. It's the highest end of public transportation in Foxborough, Massachusetts. 
Man, how about this news about Jalen Ferguson? Thank you. I was trying to. I did a whole segment about it. And I was trying to move on from it. It it sucks. Everything about it sucks. There's nothing else. I mean, to it's say. awful. It's, and now they're saying horrendous. it was an overdose. Thank you. Yes, it's horrendous. Everything about it is just horrendous. God. Just awful. Just truly, truly awful. Terrible. Um. So thanks for that. You want to plug your radio show? Jeez. Wait a. Wait a no, I just was asking you. Like, I mean, it's I mean, terrible. What, what do you say? It's just wretched. Everything about it is right. wretched. It's horrible. Right. It's right. atrocious. I got nothing else. I got. I'm tapped out on that. What's coming up on Fairways and Greens on Sunday? Jeez. Um, you know, I'm just getting around to starting to think about next Sunday. But we'll be there 12 to 1. And uh, looking forward to talking golf. Okay. We'll probably talk about live. Oh, well, that's different. Uh, that, that's, that's, like what that. a unique <laughs> idea that is. Yeah, <laughs> we're working is, on it. This we're, is why they. This is why they gave you a show. No, there, no doubt. Now like, well, we're gonna. We're gonna. Um, I got a couple little special things planned. I, I don't want to say yet because they're not live related, but I got a couple of special things planned. Some special guests. I just don't want to say it yet until they're confirmed, but I'm yeah, feeling pretty right. good about something. All right. All right. Very good. All right, buddy. Appreciate you. All right. We'll see, see you next week. Drew, Drew Forrester, truthmorningdish.com. Um, yeah, I got I, a few of you reached out after, you know, we had talked about it. We, we did learn Justin Fenton sent out a tweet with a few more details. Um, and, and, and I, I don't even like sharing this if I'm being completely honest with you because of where it allows people to go. Um, Justin Fenton from the Baltimore Banner tweeted regarding the death of Ravens linebacker Jalen Ferguson. I'm told medics were called late last night to a home in the Harwood neighborhood of the city for Ferguson not breathing, and he was pronounced dead just after midnight. No signs of trauma or foul play. Police say a source says it is a suspected overdose based on items found at the scene. The reason I don't like sharing that is because... For some people, when you hear the word overdose, you immediately say something like, well, I, you don't, you no longer feel sympathy. That somebody brought it upon themselves. Because there are still many idiots among us. And I say idiots, some people just don't know. I'm a little of my li- a lot of my life not understanding that addiction is a disease. Like, heart disease is a disease. Addiction is a disease. So I don't like talking about these things because the response that people tend to give to it is grotesque. Yes, that's out there. Justin Fenton reported that this morning. It changes nothing about any of the sentiments that I've shared. Zero. And for the overwhelming majority of us who have lost loved ones to the disease of addiction, we know it has zero to do with what kind of person someone was. Like so many diseases, addiction does not choose based on well, this guy's a bad guy, so we're going to go over there. That's not the way this works. Nothing about the sentiments that I have shared about Jalen Ferguson as a person, as a human, change because of this. But for a lot of you that are incapable of thought, that are incapable of diving deeper and learning more and educating yourself and just wanting your narrative to be fact, 
you're going to respond certain ways. And it's bunk. And all it is is you just showing your ass. So yes, that that is out there this morning. I also, unsurprisingly, and I, I'm being honest, I kind of expected this. We'll we'll talk more about Would You Rather Wednesday. It's been a tepid response to Would You Rather Wednesday. I get it. It's not a day that feels like a lot of fun. I understand. We do a show. We try to mix a bunch of different things in. It's tough today to to feel like today is a very fun day. And I understand that. We still try to do a mix of things on this show. We still try to to bring levity and you know, all that sort of stuff. I would love for you guys to be a bit more participatory when it comes to Would You Rather Wednesday. That would be great. Um, appreciate Glory Days Grill. And again, you can register right now to win a backyard barbecue. GloryDaysGrill.com is the website for you to do that. What's that? So we're going to give Stephen Means a day. Oh, okay. Because of all the, yeah, because of the Jalen. That's fine. So That's we will fine. talk to him tomorrow. That's fine. I certainly understand where Stephen Means is coming from. I, I completely understand that. Just maybe next time, let me know that. That's that. There is a give and take when I'm when I'm doing a show. You just got to say I I completely understand, and I certainly can only, as I said earlier, I can only imagine. And honestly, I kind of expected that that might be the case, um, just because of the unbelievable sadness that uh, everyone must be feeling right now. So Stephen Means will join us tomorrow, and we we ju- we wholeheartedly get it. Um. Let's do that then. Let's let's us respond to Would You Rather Wednesday. Brought to you by Glory Days Grill. Number one, would you rather? We're trying to fill the void. Complaining about the lack of events. And yes, it's made worse by the fact that the World Cup is in November and December because we had to play it in Qatar. Where you anyway, uh, the moral of the story being. To fill the void. We bump back the start of basketball and, and NHL season which start in the middle of football season anyway. So we bump it back about a month, therefore bumping the finals back well into July. We artificially got that last year in basketball because they started the season later coming out of the bubble and um, you know they had done in Orlando, so they wanted to bump the start of the season back a little ways. Uh, I've argued for some time that maybe Christmas is the ideal start date for basketball season. It's a great way, you know, you've, you've kind of had this Christmas tradition for years, although the NFL is now trying to take it away from you. Um, but maybe it's the ideal way to start your season, and that would push the finals back well into July. Of course, the argument against it is that people go on vacation in July, and so ratings for anything don't tend to be as good in July as they are in June. Just putting it all out on the table. But in order for us to appeal to us, the sports fan, that once major events, you bump back, start of the season in NBA and NHL, one month, therefore pushing the finals into July and giving us more spread out leading up to the start of football season. Or you do this half-season bit in baseball and you create playoff races at the end of the first half. Now you get six teams, I believe is what we settled on, that make the playoffs in both leagues. So I think there could be a way that you could do this to do like, Three and three and three, or I was thinking maybe it's two, two and two, like two teams that make it based on the first half, two teams that make it based on the second half, two teams that make it on the totality of the season in order to try to spread this out the best. I haven't 
fully flush this through, but that's the one that I'm coming to. And since, again, it's been a slow response today for Would You Rather Wednesday, I can, I can change things on the fly. That's what I'm leaning towards is 2-2-2. Two, two, two. Gotcha. Is two teams, top two teams make the playoffs for the first half, two more just for the second half, and two more make the playoffs based on their best record. for the. And then we, I think we've all kind of talked about the idea of doing away with divisions anyway. We're going to get rid of the um, unbalanced schedule. Yeah. Um, coming up, so we essentially may, maybe for the sake of it, we we still say there are divisions. I don't know what the point it would be, but we kind of do away with divisions at the same time. Gotcha. So that's my thought. One I or feel, the other. I feel like a big. I'm, I look at my. I view myself as a big baseball guy, so I definitely am leaning towards that. Uh, towards that direction. It was kind of interesting, you know, having the NBA Finals in July last year. I I remember I was at the beach. I loved it. Yeah, I remember I was at the beach, and so like it it was kind of cool, to, you know, just like throw it on, and be like, oh, cool, though. the Bucks and Suns are playing. Um, but like I could definitely also see how that would hurt ratings because people will be away. Like I wasn't sitting down to watch the entire game, but I was throwing it on, you know, in the middle of the night and seeing. It. I was like, oh, okay, this is interesting. But I feel like I'm a big baseball guy, so I and that sounds way more enticing. You know, having a playoff race coming mm-hmm. down, you know, the end of June and then doing it all over we talk again about in the, September. We regularly like, talk about the problem with baseball is how few of the games feel like they matter. Right. Like you, you're enticed to watch your team, particularly if your team is playing well. But it's really hard to find myself watching, and in fairness, the only the only sport that I really find myself watching an average regular season game is football. That's not true. I guess college basketball, yeah. because the games feel like they matter a little bit more. But I don't feel like, I, again, I root for the Suns, so I watch some Suns regular season games, but I don't really watch other regular season basketball games. I, I just don't. I know that they try. I say that every now and then, if there's nothing else on, I might turn it on I, I couldn't tell it's, you the last time yeah, I watched it it's a, so hard to, for me to, to watch any NBA outside until, until we get to April when right well yeah when, like, the, when the playoffs begin all of a sudden I'm watching every night like it's all I watch but for the regular season and especially with my the team that I root for not being local and not being on TV every night which actually kind of works out for me so it's a bigger deal when they are on national TV and so I, I'm inclined to watch I don't know I, I, I just I don't watch any regular season baseball games that don't involve the Orioles I mean, it's short of somebody saying, hey, so-and-so's throwing a no-hitter, flip over to the MLB network right now, and then I watch the end of it, I don't watch any. Yeah, I'm kind of different that way. Like, I love throwing on MLB network, you know, as I'm, as I'm trying to fall asleep, have MLB tonight on, quick pitch, just that. I love, you know, just seeing what's going on around baseball. So uh, I lean towards that to make baseball okay. even better for me. Right. I definitely lean towards uh, right. having, uh, having two seasons, two playoff races. Carson Weekly. You know, I'm definitely a purist when it comes to baseball, and I don't know... If I would lean towards a change for the point. Just because you don't like changing anything. I don't I think baseball's good where it's at. I'm definitely in there. Because because you're one of the I, I know that I'm one you're, of the few. you're one of the dumb people that thinks that the extra inning rule isn't the greatest thing that ever happened in the history of oh, baseball. I hate it. I hate it. Oh, oh my god. god. It needs to be installed in my baseball league. It needs to be we, installed it, everywhere for the rest of humanity. In little league, totally God it's damn it. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened to baseball. He used to come to college baseball. It's infuriating the thought that they're not going to do it moving forward. They, me, they better keep this. To me, the fact with the extra inning rule. Oh, like, God. The game's already going to end. I, re- I, re- I regret. Now, now he's riffing. The game's now, already now, gonna he's, end at, now he's at an open mic night. He's just going. The game's going to end at 11.15 or 11.30 with the extra inning rule. If, if you really care, 
you'll be willing to stay up till 12 without the you, uh, you ha- Carson, well, we want wait. more people to care that's the problem we want more people to care the, the problem is people don't care and what you get is seven innings of guys going up trying to swing for home runs because they've changed the game so drastically that you just watch guys strike out for seven innings we get Stevie finally, Wilkerson yes yeah, someone runs into one. every now and then you get something magical right. right every now and then but it's very rare instead you get you get baseball in the 10th inning you get the thing that it was supposed to be where there's action and you have to strategize and make decisions and it looks like baseball instead of guys just going up and swinging for home runs what a magical thought it is it's true but uh. the thought of a team coming up in the top of the 10th and getting going you know three up three down and then team can come up that happening that's nine on more you. times right, but that's team, on you i'm just saying the fact that a team could come up at the bottom of the 10th ground out twice and yes the game. you could have done the same thing you it, failed i know but it's you just, had the same it, option it just doesn't sit well with me that you can ground out twice and win a game again if the other team does it you don't win the game you keep playing right they get the same chance it I, doesn't favor one team it's very it's a good point it doesn't favor either team but I, I don't know I still am not a fan. Oh, maybe, I, maybe I need to get God. used to it. I think the only argument so, for the first option is having the, having hockey and basketball season start in December. I think that is definitely yeah, something that needs start to start. I've yeah. I've argued and just shorter seasons. Just I've, a shorter season. I've, well, I don't I don't think it needs to be a shorter season because again in the markets I think it would make I, the games matter. I, I more. think it's trickier when you're in a market where you don't have a team. In the markets where you have a team, it it those. And the team matters. Those are real events. Right. I every night. The Wizards like when, were good for like a week and a half. Yeah, but we don't. The Wizards. Are in well, DC. Which, I just remember it being. Yeah. yeah. Like, it was so weird. I, when I was in Phoenix working there, was the D'Antoni, Amari Stoudemire, Steve Nash, Sean Marion Sons, which were extraordinarily exciting, despite the fact that they never won a championship, to the point where every game was wild. If you got tickets to a Suns Clippers game. People were freaking the f out because the Suns were that big of a deal, and in markets where the basketball team matters, in Philadelphia this season it was like that way. In Milwaukee, since Giannis has arrived, in markets where basketball matters, where you have a team and they're good, you don't want the season to be shorter because every game is electric. You 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 want more of it. I don't think the season needs to be shorter. I think that we only reflect that way because we don't have a team and we just want to get to the part where where the games matter for us. I've always kind of liked the idea that as the NCAA tournament ends, that's when I start casually watching basketball because you're getting into the playoffs. But I'd be okay. I've also said that I think they should move the NCAA. I think college basketball season should start a little bit later too. And I think the NCAA tournament should be pushed back a couple weeks. I just think that we all have to acknowledge the behemoth that football really is. And work around that. Like in a weird way, my answer is why not both? But having to choose one or the other, I, I'd probably choose. Oh God, I don't know. This is tough. I, think, I, I mean, I think you're right. One. You know, the fact that we don't have a hockey or a basketball team makes it. I feel like that generally makes us lean towards the baseball decision, mm-hmm. just because makes the makes more Orioles baseball matter. It has a direct impact to us. How? Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Correct. Correct. Well, again, a direct, in, a direct impact to our fandom versus right. a direct impact to our being bored on a Tuesday night or whatever. Yeah, I also think that it's pretty interesting what you said about like, hey, yeah, like we might not be like in our situation if the season was formatted in this way. If we can get hot for two months, we can get in the playoffs. Which yeah, is, that is that is that is really fascinating. That is really fascinating. All right. Quickly. Number two. Uh, would you rather there are 10 
but they put the milk in their cereal bowl first, and it's not even in the top ten strange things that they do. Or there are seven, and they're largely pretty normal. Uh, I mean, you know, the, pouring the milk not being top ten in the things. Yeah, you got to think about it. You got to yeah, think about what those ten things lot, are, right? That's a lot of a uh, lot of stuff going on. So, I mean, you know, sevens get you get you. They graduate. You graduate college with sevens. <laughs> I mean, it's a solid C's is what yeah, you're saying. Yeah, actually, I guess it's a ten. Yeah, yeah, it's a solid. It's not a solid C, but it's a fringe C. I guess is what that would be. So I'll go with uh, go you take it. You take a relatively seven. normal seven. You're taking the seven. <laughs> as long as these like weird things aren't impacting me in a negative way, I, it's I'm gonna taking, be. I'm taking the ten. It's gonna be hard though, Carson <laughs> Weekly. It's going to be very difficult to imagine there being ten things weirder than the milk first. That never impact you. Like it's you <laughs> got to start thinking about what those ten things Listen, might be. If like if it's a Saturday morning and we're married, and I come down the stairs, I'm gonna notice, and she's a ten. I'm not gonna notice if she's pouring. The you milk keep before the again. Cereal. That's not in the top she's ten, a, Carson. I, that's outside. That's that's at the the lower end of the list. I'm not hurting you. You don't know that. It's not like oh you don't oh you don't know that. You don't okay, know that because you got to imagine. We can only imagine what's in the top ten. You got to think about what is in the top ten. So like one of the ten things could be oh like she goes and cheats on you. That's one of the weird. Well, that's not weird. That's not a quirk. <laughs> that's pretty weird. That's a fatal flaw. There's a difference between quirk <laughs> and little oddities versus she's she's banging bikers on the weekend. You know, like there's there's differences between those two things. Maybe the seven is. I think the seven is the correct answer. I think the, the if we're all being honest with ourselves, though, and we had the shot at the ten that was I crazy. Think if it was a six, this would be a lot closer. Yeah. I just think that we all would be, if we literally looked ourselves in the mirror and the, this actually presented itself, right, where there was someone who was just, we would say, ah, we can live with it, and we go that route because we're superficial and we're right. vile. Like, I think this if is we're a deeper being honest question. about it, this yeah. is a deeper, deeper I think we question. know that the seven is the correct answer, but I think our actual answer would not be. I think what Carson Weekly was just letting on to was our, how truly <laughs> grotesque we are as people, that nothing matters. Like, sure, maybe, maybe it's like that line in, uh, I, I, oh, God, you guys are so young. Does I just have sex mean anything to you from Lonely Island? Oh, yeah, 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 oh, yeah. God. It's the, just... It's the line where he's like, I think she might have been a racist. Still counts. Like, that's who we are as people. That's who we are. Like, we know someone. We see somebody on a, a personality, and we're like, that person's awful. I I know humans. That's It was the, 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 the girl, Casey Anthony, who we thought killed her kids. And we're like, yeah, but she's really good looking. Like, that's how superficial we are. That's how effed up we are as people. I think the answer really is the other. Uh, John Proctor, by the way, uh, basketball always felt like more of a summertime game to me. Just push NBA to a later start, have the championship coincide with the 4th of July. Why not? Well, it doesn't get us. I actually want it to go further than the 4th of July. I'm trying to get us deeper than that. <laughs> I'm trying to get NBA us well finals into finals leads right into the trade deadline of baseball. I, I'm trying to get essentially, And right? then training camp. Right. I'm then, trying to get as little, as little time as possible before football season starts. Yeah. I don't want there to be two full months that we're waiting around. Um, it also says if they're that crazy, there's a good chance they could run for Senate or something. That's probably not a bad retirement package. Oh, God, I, we, I hate the fact that he's right about that. Uh, but in real life, the seven who isn't insane. And then finally, number three, you win this radio contest. You're either going to Phoenix for a, a preseason football game in August or you're going to Qatar for the World Cup. But you can't drink 
You can't have sex. God knows. You might get arrested for any reason at all. You look at someone the are wrong the, way. So are these your rules we can't drink and have sex? No, that's Qatar's rules. Oh, that came Qatar's. out. That's, that looks some crazy. That's come out oh. in the last week. They will put you in jail for seven years if they find out that you had sex um, with someone who wasn't your spouse. Jeez. That's, that's just a tough one. Oh, gay people definitely not welcome in Qatar, by the way. As we celebrate Pride Night, the night with the Orioles. Okay. There, there, will not be cele- there will not be a Pride Night at the World Cup. Wow. Yeah. Soccer's a old-fashioned sport. This isn't yeah. about soccer. This is about Qatar. I just feel like in general, soccer is. Though. No, I'm pretty sure most soccer fans go out and get drunk and carry on. And, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And randomly hook up with people. I'm, I'm pretty sure I mean, there's nothing to do with like soccer. The world, yeah, it's just exactly. a horrendous I, place to hold a World Cup. The fa- I think, the, for me, the fact that it's in November is the... Uh, is, is the uh, the deal breaker, because then I'm missing, you know, I'm missing part, a big bulk of a uh, football season. The end I mean, of they football do have season. Televisions, I yeah, think. I know, but like I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna want to be, you know, soaking up uh, the U.S. winning the World Cup. Yes, sure, Carter. that. That's the, um, so I think uh, you're I mean, gonna go. I, you're gonna I, go I'd sweat go to it out. hundred. I've been. Yeah. To, I've been to preseason football games in Phoenix. Indoor they stadium suck. Indoor they stadium. Suck. Uh, I mean, I I like oh. preseason. I know you hate preseason. It's the football. worst thing ever. But uh, I like uh, I like having football back. So it's the answer to me is the World Cup, but only because it's the World Cup. Right. I don't want to go, and I and really, there's a part of me that's that would rather say it's all expenses paid. I'm, yeah, to, okay. I, I'd make a I'd make a statement about not going, but it's what it is. Uh, Carson Weekly. Yeah, I'm going to the World Cup. It's the World Cup. Like you you kind of have to. Bro, you don't call me to bail you out of a Qatarian <laughs> prison. Hey, well, I don't know I'm that much. Saying, you guys have taken the safe option on both of these. Yes. I have to be. I've, no, I still. Th- I think the answer for me if is gonna. This is golf but it's, laid up. But it's also golf. easier for me because I don't drink anymore. I'm like Drew. I don't drink anymore. It's, yeah. So like, it's easier for me to say. I think I could. I would be able to survive. But I am worried. Like, what do they do for littering? What do they do for if this is you what plan they on do? Littering? I don't plan <laughs> on it. But, like, what if in a minute I just forget that I'm not in America and I, like, spit on the sidewalk? Are they going to throw me in prison for that's 10 true. years? Like, that's the type of thing that we're talking about in a place like this. You don't wash your hands. There's a far big, yeah. Bathroom. Well, I mean, that's a, uh, come on. Um, that's, that's a bigger, there's a bigger issue at hand here, which is maybe there's just no world in which I could ever be in Qatar. Like, right. maybe it's a place where no matter what, I should not visit. That might be the case. All right, can we squeeze a break in here before we talk? To, all right, that's what we're going to do. Get, please get in for Would You Rather Wednesday. I get it. It's a tough day. I understand why we're not celebratory and having fun, but we're trying to, again, this is what we do here, mix things up, do a little bit of everything on this program. At Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio, all brought to you by your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Tonight, Stan the Fan Charles and Gary Steyer are going to catch up with lacrosse legend, Hopkins legend, Kyle Harrison. He's moved on from his playing career, but he's got a new role with the PLL as they get ready to come to town this weekend. Um, if you miss it live, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports. You can find it tomorrow, PressBoxOnline.com slash video or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. It is a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy our award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings. Or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for our daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays and $6.99 nachos on Thursdays. Dine in and let us serve you or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and take it home. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you glory days grill great food good sports are you ready soccer fans this summer the english premier league returns to baltimore arsenal everton square off in the charm city match july 16th under the lights at m&t bank stadium home of the baltimore ravens 
This is your only opportunity to take in a Premier League match this summer in the Mid-Atlantic region. Individual and group tickets are on sale at BaltimoreRavens.com. The latest edition of Press Box is available now, and it's our very first Salute the Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Also inside, find tributes to Navy football coach Ken Niamatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasho Sarovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Clatchy, and poly basketball coach Kendall Peace. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker and Calvert Hall baseball coach Lou Eckerl, the athletes whose lives these coaches have impacted, offering insights on what makes them special and why they've stood the test of time. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11.40. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 11.40, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports' Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio. All right, into hour number two of today's program. Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. As we discuss, sadly, the topic of addiction this morning, I, I ask you again, you know, every year we do a huge push to raise clothes, winter coats, and we're going to do it again, and I'll start making plans for this year, and Drew's been a part of it for years, to help the folks at Helping Up Mission. Um, and I remain involved with Helping Up throughout the course of the year. Today is a reminder that addiction does not discriminate. I beg you, I plead with you to think about how it is that you discuss the topic of addiction and how you discuss addicts, and whether you would say some of those same things about people who have cancer. I plead with you to think about that as you dissect the news of Jalen Ferguson's tragic death this morning. And I also plead with you to consider doing what you could. Come join me. I'm there the first Sunday of every month. I'm there at 6 a.m. Come join me. Or find another day. Help us fight the disease of addiction in this community with good folks like the people at Helping Up Mission. That's productive. 
not a sermon, just a thought. And I know it's difficult. Everything about today is difficult. I'm sorry. I, I feel terrible for Dale Scott, who I really want to talk to, and I think his story is amazing. And I hate that you know it's, it's a tough day, but I, I just want to use every opportunity I can to try to share the message. So many of us have lost loved ones to the disease of addiction. It's a disease. Please. Wonderful people like Jalen Ferguson, who's a wonderful person, who appears to have fallen to a disease. All right. Um, the Orioles are playing the Nationals for two games this week. Last night they lost game one. Tonight, um, Oriole Park at Camden Yards hosts Pride Night, and we welcome in someone who has detailed uh, his own story in recent years and who will be making an appearance tonight at Camden Yards for Pride Night. Longtime Major League umpire, it's a pleasure to welcome into the program Dale Scott, the author of the book The Umpire Is Out. He is with us here on GCR. Dale, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Uh, glad to be here, Glenn. Good morning. And uh, just listening in, that is a very important message, and I'm glad that you're uh, you're sharing that. Well, thank you, Dale. I appreciate that. It's you know, it's a, it's a tough day as we lost um, a linebacker for the Baltimore Ravens passed away overnight, and it's just a tough day. But I, I, I we, you know, we, we we do a lot of things here, and I want to talk about your story, and I want to talk about your message, and what you're sharing out. Dale, I, you know, I, how difficult was, has, has I know it, it pales in comparison, right? But how difficult has it been for you um, in a sport, in, in, a, in a masculine world, in a place where, you know, not, not everybody is still, sadly in 22, comfortable with the idea of, you know, someone they work alongside being gay. How difficult has it been for you to tell your truth and to, to live your life? Well, you know, this uh, this was a, a long process as far as my, uh, uh, you know, going through my baseball life, so to speak. I mean, it was very difficult when I first, uh, you know, started. My I went to umpire school in 1981. My first uh, professional baseball game in the Northwest League in June of 81 was literally two weeks after the first reports of uh, healthy men in San Francisco and New York coming down with these cancers. They weren't mm-hmm. sure what it was. Well, mm-hmm. you know, as we know now, that was the AIDS epidemic. So... My my uh, career paralleled that, paralleled that, and then you know when I was in the minor leagues, I, I not only didn't want baseball to know I was gay because obviously I, I didn't think I'd be getting any promotions uh, to Double A, let alone uh, try to get to the big leagues. But uh, when when the HIV uh, pandemic or epidemic uh, you know was sweeping across this country, and there was so much fear and and unknown about it, uh, and I'm thinking now as if they found out I was gay, not only would I not be promoted, but uh, there would be uh, nobody would want to work with me. I right. mean, they were, uh, people would be afraid to be, you know, in the minor leagues, you're together a lot. I mean, we were, we were sharing, you know, hotel rooms and locker rooms and working together and being in long uh, car rides between assignments and all that stuff. So yeah, it was, uh, it was something that I was well aware of and something that I actively tried to, uh, you know, hide throughout, uh, the first, uh, you know, several years of my of my experience in baseball was it what what changed right? Like, is it just society changed, and because society changed, it was what what allowed you to be able to to be yourself and live your truth? Well, you know, as I you know, I, I, I spent five years in the minor leagues. I got promoted. I was uh, my first year was nineteen eighty six uh, in the American League. That's when we used to work just one league or the other. Um, and again, actively tried to hide who I was, uh, 
But as I um, got to be established as a, an umpire uh, uh, with you know the league and with with uh, my fellow uh, umpires and things, I thought, uh, quite frankly, I was uh, uh, putting up a pretty good charade. But by the uh, by the late '90s, I had guys uh, just randomly. Uh, you know, tell me, Hey Dale, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, I know you have a little bit different lifestyle. I just want to let you know that uh, I don't care. I'd walk on the field with you any day. You're a good umpire. You're a good guy. And I just mm-hmm. want you to know that. And guys, guys were let, you know, reaching out to me, uh, you know, saying, uh, you know, it's okay. And, and that kind of helped me to, uh, take my shields down, so to speak. And, and by the, you know, as we entered the two thousands, uh, the whole staff knew the umpire staff knew the people I worked for at major league baseball knew. Wow. Um, and so that really helped me to be much more of my true self, obviously once, once I was able to do that, but that, you know, that was 15 years into my, uh, 32 year career. So, uh, it wasn't something that happened overnight. Did you still deal deal with discrimination with players who were, who knew and had some things to say to you? Did you still deal with that at, even even before it was you, you came out publicly, but as it became more clear um, to people within the game, did you deal with those things? Well, you know, uh, baseball is a, a very uh, tight fraternity, so to speak. Uh, even though uh, you know the, the staff knew and, and the guy, and the, you know, the, the people I worked for knew, uh, it's still you know if, if if players knew, nobody ever said anything. Um, you know, and and. I know that obviously there have been gay players throughout the years, and I'm sure there are now uh, in Major League Baseball. I'll tell you what, though, in all the years I've been there, I've never heard, uh, you know, even you know on the on the down low where it's not public, but they because you're on the same field or something. I've never heard anybody discuss an actual name of of who might be gay. It's very uh, tight lipped, and that's kind of the way it was with me as an umpire. Sure. Nobody, uh, or if they did know, they didn't say anything until, uh, you know, when I came out publicly in 2014, they still didn't <laughs> say anything quite frankly, because, uh, it was pretty, uh, you know, I was just business as usual. I, you know, I tell you, when I came out, I, I said in interviews and, and I said, I think, and I came out in December. So it was a few months before games were uh, playing. And I remember just saying, you know, I, I think they're going to be more concerned, the players and coaches, and managers, more concerned about me getting pitches and plays right than, you know, what right, I do after right, the game. Right, and that's pretty much right. how it came out, you know? Yeah, you miss a call. They're not going to really care. <laughs> yeah, they don't what, really care. What your sexual orientation is. They're just going <laughs> to no. tell you you're an idiot. Like, that's the way you, it's Exactly, gonna... exactly. I'm an idiot uh, gay or straight. <laughs> right, right. 100%. <laughs> Dale Scott is with us. The book is The Umpire Is Out. You can find out more, umpiredalescott.com. He's going to be appearing tonight at uh, Camden Yards for Orioles Pride Night. Yeah, I, I want to talk about that if I could, because I, I think there are still people that aren't necessarily evil by any stretch of the imagination, but they, they say something like, hey, I, I don't care, gay, straight, whatever you are, but I just don't understand why we need to have Pride Night. Like, why right. why does that need to be a thing? What What well, you is know, your I, response I, yeah. to that? Yeah, I, I also hear uh, kind of uh, sarcastically, maybe, that it wins, wins, uh, wins uh, straight Pride Night. Right, or something. I right. Say, well, Straight Pride Night is pretty much every night. <laughs> um, you know, it, it might it's probably difficult for someone that isn't uh, in, in the gay community to understand that that um, and we come a long way. Let me let me preface it with that. But there's there there is discrimination out there. There there are people that uh, uh, maybe don't even realize it, but they or or they 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 understand. You know, they say you know I don't really care, but. I think it still, I think it still does bother some people. Um, and I, and what what baseball has done with these Friday night and other sports 
is to let uh, the community know, hey, everyone's welcome here. Everyone is welcome to be an Oriole fan. And, and, and we, we uh, embrace the whole community. Um, uh, you know, everything, the, the default in, in our world, in society, is, is straight. I mean, that's just that's the default. So mm-hmm. when you're not the default, sometimes, uh, or, or I should say, when you are the default, sometimes you don't understand maybe the different communities or different uh, uh, people of different communities that aren't the default. That's not the normal yep. uh, go go to. And I think uh, that's that's one of the reasons that we do this. And, I, you know, Pride nights and those types of things. I think it's the easiest way of saying it, right? Like that 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 we we it's still important that we show support to a community that hasn't always been supported. Um, and right. I can I can speak as a you know, a white male, you know, cisgender, straight, whatever, you know, I don't, I don't know, check literally every milk toast box that you can check. I'm the, the most boring human being on the face of the planet. I promise you that, uh, if you saw how I dress, I'm even more boring than that. Um, and I can say I'm good, right? Like right, I, right, I right. don't, I don't need that. Cause I've never felt like I wasn't welcome somewhere in my life. I've never exactly. felt that way. Um, so, exactly. and, and I think it's important that we continue to say that. Um, what's it been like for you in the years? Have, have you now, you know, as someone who's been a very public representative, um, within the baseball community of, of the gay community for the last eight years, have you found people coming to you asking, Hey man, I'm, I'm going through something. Have you been, you know, a a shoulder for people to lean in on over these last eight years? Uh, yeah, a little bit. I, I've had, uh, since I've come out publicly, uh, I had people within baseball, a couple of people within baseball reach out to me and, and tell me things that I didn't know about. Like, uh, 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 one person that's in, uh, in baseball, not, not an umpire, but somebody that works for, uh, uh, professional baseball reached out to me one day and, you know, said he, his, his, uh, stepson, um, was transitioning and, and it was a very confusing time for him to try to understand, uh, you know, everything. And, and, and he just reached out to me that he would have never done that if I hadn't come out, I don't, you know, um, but just, uh, uh, really just needed somebody to talk to about help, help understand. So, you know, it, it happens, you know, uh, major league baseball did a great thing in 2014. They hired Billy Bean, um, uh, ex-player who came out after he is playing, he, 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 he stopped playing baseball because of the pressures of, of being gay and, and, and at that time. And, but that was very proactive by baseball. No other, uh, you know, professional league had specifically hired somebody just for the inclusion and equity type, uh, uh job that he's, he's done. And it, and it really showed baseball really showed, um, everybody really that, listen, we, we, we again, kind of like Friday nights, we, we don't just uh, you know talk to talk. We we walk it also. We 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 welcome everybody. Baseball is for everyone, and and we're going to show you that we really mean it. And he's done a phenomenal job. So cool. the the the, uh, the outline is there. The structures are there for uh, in in professional baseball for someone to come out. It's just to me kind of surprising. We still haven't had one when football, basketball, hockey, soccer they they've all had. Uh, you are active uh, gay players. All right, let, let's uh, Dale Scott with us here on GCR. Let, I mean, just want to knock out a few importants with the one with you before I let you go. Do you have an Earl Weaver story? I know you're he was only around for a couple years at at the end as you were starting your career, but do you have one that stands out? Well, you know, I had Earl just one year. It was the year he came out of retirement and and uh, and managed. I, I didn't eject Earl, and I could be the only umpire on the planet. Congratulations! But, um, <laughs> I do remember one time. This is at the old memorial. Stadium, uh, you know, he was 
not happy a little bit on to uh, you know my strike zone a little bit. He had, no. he had talked to his pitcher and he was coming back and he come over to, came over to me and he goes, you know, uh, those 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 uh, those pitches aren't high. And I said, well, no, I got them I got them up in the zone. Or he goes, he goes, well, they're not. And I said, well, so you, so you mean when you're when you're hitting, I should be calling those strikes? And he said, I didn't say that. <laughs> I said, okay, I think I know what you're saying. <laughs> I love that. That's wonderful. Um, how does Angel Hernandez keep getting work, Dale? Well, you know, I, listen, I, I uh, first of all, let me just preface this by saying, you know, when I was working, I was not on social media, and thank God, because I, I'm on it now, and I see some stuff that is going yeah, out there. Yeah, it's tough, uh, and it's just uh, awful, but. You know, sometimes you can get labeled in this job, uh, good or bad, and it's tough to shake. You know, maybe it applied to a certain part of your career or, or whatever, but it's it's something that really doesn't apply now. But it's it's hard to shake a label once you got it. And you know, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, uh, pounding on Angel is a now a sport, I believe, and uh, and uh, and it's just. Uh, you know, sometimes, you know, we all take criticism and, and we all uh, make mistakes and, and deserve to be criticized in that, in that aspect. I think if uh, at this point, Angel walks on the field, it's already he's already blown four calls and they haven't even started the game yet. So, it, it, it you know, it, it, in people's eyes. So, uh, I don't know. You know, he's uh, he's he, he MLB. Um, I know he's had some issues with MLB, but, you know, he also is uh worked a lot of postseason and they don't put people in there just because uh they're being nice to them they they uh, put them in there because of their overall uh, body of work during the uh, during the season and so you know i i think maybe it's uh gone a little overboard let's, let's put it all right way. all right all right i'll i'll i'll, I'll be willing to you consider know. it but i'm i'm not sure i believe it anyway uh, uh, well, well you know you know i Believe it or not, sometimes umpires can be good diplomats. That's what I'm doing right now. All right, yeah, you know, and I understand. You're, it's, he's one of your own. I, I get it. You know what I mean? Like I understand you're not going to. And then, um, <laughs> if I could wrap with this, why, why is it important to you that there be, um, you know, like you? I'm sure you hear all the time. We need robot umpires. That's how you fix baseball. What what is your reaction when someone approaches you about the robot robot umpire thing, Dale? Well, you know, I, I was uh, in favor of it, and and. Uh, happy with replay i think it's uh, uh for the most part done what it's supposed to do correct uh obvious mistakes and and, and make sure that those things go, don't go forward i'm not sure about this uh, uh automated strike zone um i always say be careful what you ask for you, you know there have been some unintended circumstances with replay uh, one uh being the cheap out you get when a guy slides in he's safe everybody knows he's safe but the fielder keeps the glove on him and he just gets you know he as he pops up maybe he's a half an inch or if mm -hmm. that off the base and then that's a cheap out they go to replay and you know he's out so that was unintended that's not what replay was for and i'm afraid that with uh all this talk we want perfect strike zones we, we we never want a pitch to be missed uh which is you know quite frankly our goal every time we go out there but um you know the strike zone is a funny thing it's three-dimensional it, uh, it's uh it's it's written in such a way definition of if, if the ball you know enters any part of the strike zone at any time it's a strike well sometimes those pitches are not very good pitches but they are technically strikes we as umpires the art of umpiring is applying the rules uh not stringently but how how it how it affects the game how how it uh, uh works in that uh, level of game uh, a a machine so to speak is just going to do black or white it doesn't have any uh, nuance to it 
Is that good? Bad? I don't know. I, you know, I've gotten to the point now that uh, technology, we're not going to outrun it. So I think that the automated zone is coming. Um, maybe, maybe that's what people want. Uh, once it's here, we'll see how it works out. I, I, I just have my doubts. All right. I, I understand where you're coming from. I, I, I know exactly what you mean. Dale Scott, tonight he's going to be in the team store as the Orioles celebrate Pride Night, signing uh, copies of The Umpire Is Out, which is available now at Dale Scott MLB5 and umpiredalescott.com. Dale, truly appreciate you taking the time for us this morning. Thanks for doing it. Look forward Absolutely. to seeing you tonight. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Dale Scott, longtime MLB umpire. Appreciate him hopping on with us for a couple minutes this morning, uh, chatting about his story ahead of Pride Night tonight uh, with the Orioles. All right, today's show brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. 61 self-service kiosks in the FanDuel Sportsbook. Always a great time for you to be there. All of the major events, be it the Stanley Cup Finals, be it next weekend, UFC 276, Israel Adesanya in action. The place to watch the fights and bet on all of them. Live betting, all sorts of props available. Is always the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. And, moreover, we want you to make sure that you have your spot. Whether it's a table, whether it's a group of reclining chairs. If you're bringing out friends, family, colleagues, the plan to go watch, bet on the fights next Saturday night, then what you want to do is email events at sportssocialmd.com. It's events at sportssocialmd.com. Right now, reserve your spot. Make sure you've got it. Again, events at sportssocialmd.com to reserve your spot in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Um, Griffin, you might... Oh, there you go. There we go. We're good. How about that? Had a lot of moving parts today. A lot going on as... um, uh, it's a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Um, I'm, very, I'm always excited. It always means the world to me to catch up with our next guest because it, it's it's really weird when we talk about him. He's beloved here. He's a beloved figure in Baltimore, despite the fact that he was here for one year. One year, and yet we still think about this guy and get warm fuzzies because of how magical that year was. And how incredible he was, and and how everyone turned to him as a leader. Um, he's now with the Nationals. It was um, it was painful to see him come through with a big hit last night. It was that that awkward moment where you're like, oh no, but it's it's Nelson, and I just can't root against him. He is the great Nelson Cruz, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Nelson, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It is so good to catch up with you, man. Thank you for taking a minute for us this morning. Hey, good morning, Glenn. Always a pleasure, man. Hey. But we were just talking a second ago. Like you were here for a year, and yet we adore you in this town. Can you tell us about the other side of that? Because I've talked to you over the years about how meaningful that year was to you. You were only in Baltimore for one year, but yet, what does it mean to you when you get to come back and be here again? Yeah, definitely. Like you mentioned, for me, also was special. You know, uh, I had a chance to take the team to the playoffs. To win the division the first time in like ninety uh, something. The last time we won the division, so it was magical. The fans, um, everything about that team was was incredible. Great group, you know. Um, so it's always special to come back, you know, and, and see the fans and see the city. Um, really good memories coming by when 
when I show up to the stadium. What, what did you think when you looked out the left field last night? What did you think when you saw how far the wall had moved back? Obviously, it, it ended up costing I you watched, guys. Yeah. I watched him on TV, you know. Um, but once you go there, you realize, oh, wow, it's definitely five in there, what I thought. <laughs> uh, well, like I said yesterday, you know, they did it for a reason. They know, they only know why they did it. Uh, maybe you know more than I. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're trying to, they're trying to get a pitcher to sign here at some point now. <laughs> probably, yeah. But they uh definitely helping the pitchers. And as a position player, you know, you know that you have to really kill it to go, to go as a homer. And um, you can see the other way, too. You're going to get a lot of hits because the outfielders play plays huge now, and it's, we have more space to get to get hits and doubles. I mean, look, I, it is it. When, it's almost now when you see somebody hit a home run to left field, it's it's more of like an electric moment at the ballpark because you know how much more difficult it is to hit a home run to left field at this point. So when you see it, you're like, holy crap, that's amazing. Uh, when we watch it occur, N- Nelson, you're 41. <laughs> like, how are you doing this? <laughs> how is it that you are still able to play at such a high level at this point in your life? Uh-huh. Um. I just work, you know. Uh, I make sure I take care of my body, uh, do my work at the gym, you know, take the, the rest that I need, you know. Recovery is a really important part of my game. and um, I take I take good care of that, you know. And just experience, you know, that also can help you, you know. If you can have the experience and stay healthy, um, definitely plays also a big role. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I hear you say that. I'm, I'm 38, and I'm exhausted just talking to you right now. Like, I have no idea how you're doing. And, oh, by the way, you're all you're doing is hitting 333 over the last month. You know, like, it's insane. It's just insane what you're doing. What, what Nelson Cruz with us on GCR, what's driving you at this point? Is it still the World Series thing, having come so close a few times? Like, is it still, I don't want this thing to be over in, until I, I, I taste that, until I get that opportunity? Yeah, definitely that's the the reason why I'm still playing when I win the series, you know. Um, at the end of the day, um, God knows if that will happen or not. But, um, but if I keep battling and come and compete, I love the competition as part of racing also. And, you know, to be able to to do what I love. Um, I've definitely been blessed to play for so many years to play uh, around great teammates and great organizations. Um, so I can only be thankful of God of the chance that I have to to do what I love, you know? Oh, I mean, by the way, we're going to start thinking of it. Like at some point, somebody's going to present me a stat where they're going to be like, hey, 3% of all baseball players ever have been teammates with Nelson Cruz or something. Like we're getting to that point <laughs> in your career where that's going to be the case. Um, Nelson, you know, as, as I mentioned, you know, the, the drive to win a World Series. The other part that that we talk about, and the reason why you're so beloved here, is the way that other guys talked about you. Um, and I know that's something that's continued over the years. I know the relationship that you developed with Manny and with Jonathan Scope and guys like that. How important has that been for you, especially with Latin players, to be? You know that Godfather type of figure, and I and I'm not I don't mean that in like an organized crime type of way. I hope that you understand that, but like that that guy that people can turn to as being you know a, a leader, an older brother, whatever it is, as they go through their respective careers. Yeah, I think 
coming up, you know, I always thought like hey, when I got the chance to help others, uh, that will be my priority. And um, that was the case when I played here, when I played with the Rangers, when I played the Mariners, I played Twins, Tampa, and now here in Washington, you know, um, make sure I, I help others, you know, especially the young guys. Um, I know what they're going through. Um, first time called up or with face struggling, you know, situations that come up with the game. And now also about life, you know, just uh, tell them about God and how important it is in my life. So, um, there's a lot of things that you can do. You know, you have to be an example first, you know, um, playing the game the right way, you know, do the stuff that you're supposed to be doing. Um, also in the community, try to build that relationship with the community and know they have needs. And um, also you can bring file you gain to that spot to help all this, you know, in the community. No, no question. And we know that's the reason why you were the the winner of the Humanitarian Award a couple of years ago, because of the wonderful things that you have done um, and the Roberto Clemente Award in 2021, which I, I know means so much to so many people, and especially because Roberto Clemente's name is attached to it, it's, it's all the more meaningful. Um, Nelson, I, a, a couple I wanted to run by you. One, I know it's in the same division, so it's a little bit awkward, but I also know there's there's a trade deadline coming up, and who knows how this plays out. Are, are you even remotely surprised by what Buck is doing with the Mets right now? Like did, when when you found out that that's where he was going, did you sort of immediately say like, "Oh, they're 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 going to be good" because we know, you know like who Buck is and what he's capable of doing? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I mean, they have a great team, and, um, with with Players, they you know they're definitely gonna be a, play, a place a big role for them to to help them to complete whatever they want to do. You know what? Uh, what is it that makes Buck special? Why why is it that like wherever he goes, winning kind of tends to follow him? Well, he he understands the game pretty well. Um, also, he's a leader. He takes care of the players. You know, uh, definitely a guy that you can rely on. Um, when the moment comes, he's always gonna got you back. Um, and there's a lot of the situations. He always has something uh, positive, you know, something uh, to add to the cult. And definitely, that's that's why he's one of the best in, in, in the business. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. And I, I know I know you guys, you know, you don't want this, but I, selfishly, if it's not the Orioles, we find ourselves kind of rooting for it to be the Mets, Nelson, because like it just feels like. That dude wins one World Series. He's he's a Hall of Fame manager, right? Like it just sort of feels like that's all that's missing for him at this point. It's... No doubt, no doubt. I mean, he got the direction. You know, he's been in the game for so long, so many organizations, and being a winner, he just needs to get the World Series, and I think he will be complete. Do you, you know, it's funny because we're talking about your longevity and and like, but do you find yourself saying, yeah, Julio Franco played till he's damn near fifty, right? Like. Do you find your Do you find yourself saying, I don't, you know, as I mentioned, you're hitting the last month. You're one of the hottest hitters in all of baseball. Do you find yourself saying like, I- I'm still not even thinking about it. Do you Do you envision yourself maybe playing for for more like like you're Tom Brady at this point, playing until you're close to fifty? <laughs> no, I just go year by year. I think um, the time will tell me when it's over and when it's gonna. If you still produce, you know, I, I want to stay in the game because, like I said, I love the game. I love, I love um, the competition. So um, I just go day by day, year by year, you know. Um, and whatever happens, I'd be, I'd be happy with 
to do the solve, you know, because I know um, I put the work every day, I put the effort every day um, to be out there competing and give my best. That's awesome. Uh, all right, so is there one guy, I was thinking about this earlier, if we, it, it, I don't know if there's a name in your mind of someone that you you faced, a pitcher that you faced, that if you told us that, it would give even greater context to just how long you've been in the game because it would make us think like, oh my God, he legitimately faced this dude. Is there a guy that you can think of that you faced as a pitcher at the beginning of your career that maybe people would be blown away, their minds would be blown by the fact that like you, like here we are in 2022, you're still playing, and you would actually face that guy? <laughs> oh, wow. Um well, I faced Randy Johnson. There you go. That's that's exactly what I'm looking for. That's perfect. <laughs> like, Randy Johnson is the exact name. My God. The longevity of your career that here we are and you had to face Randy Johnson at the beginning of your career. That's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> it is, it is, man. He's one of the greatest. So. Oh, that's... It was something that I was looking for that day. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to face this guy. <laughs> That's so cool. That's so cool. Do you ever feel – look, okay, so you talk about the shape that you're in, all the things that you do. Is there any way that you feel your age at all, Nelson? Is there any moment where you're like, dude, yeah, but when I wake up in the morning, I'm, I'm, I'm sore like the rest of you that are 40 years old. Like, Do you ever feel your age at any point in your life? Not really. I, get, I wake up every day and, like, really good, man. I'm like, <laughs> on the bed better than ever um my body just in great shape um I, you know you feel tired because you play so many games like today the other day we played five games in 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 four days yeah uh, definitely you feel tired but i mean once i rest you know i wake up and it feels normal um god bless me with my body i guess you know and i be taking care of pretty good of us. That's all. And, and by the way, I imagine there are 30-year-olds that are they're tired after playing five, you know, four games in five days, right? Like, I imagine that... Or five, five, sorry, five games in four days. I don't think that's unique to 41-year-olds to end up being a little sore playing that much baseball. <laughs> um, I mentioned Manny a second ago. I know we all got a little bit of a scare the other day. Admittedly, us here, we're still rooting for him. Um, he's been having a spectacular MVP type of season. What does it mean to you to see him, you know, live up to? It's so easy for people to criticize someone when they make a lot of money and they're not the greatest player that ever played the game or something like that. What does it mean to you to see him, you know, kind of silence the people that wanted to doubt whether or not he was worth all the money that he made? I'm just happy for him, man. Uh, he's a great guy. Um, yesterday, after the attacks, we talked a little bit. Um, but, I mean, we all understand the game of baseball is very difficult. Um, and he he gave that amount of money because he did something good to serve that money. Um, and at the end of the day, I think he just needs to be healthy. If he's healthy, he will he'll put the numbers and he will be wherever the numbers should be with him because uh, he's been really consistent to, the, to his career. Um, and he's one of the best players in the game, so. I mean, also as part of the game, fans being critical players is the natural of the game. I um, admittedly, Nelson, as you'd imagine, much like we miss you, we we greatly miss, we greatly miss. Although we're excited, we think there's a lot of a lot of good things happening. We're excited about it, um, Nelson. Before I let you go, you you became kind of a meme last year for an ad that you did for Best Buy, where you're pointing at a television. <laughs> um, 
did did you I, I I think I saw that you kind of recreated it when you got to DC. You were having fun with it. Did you did you like the 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 sort of silliness of the internet and the fun they had with you with your TV? And can we assume that like at home you probably have a TV that's like a little bit bigger than the one that you were pointing to in the clubhouse? <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I have fun with it, you know. Um, I have to enjoy every single moment, you know. In that situation, definitely, I would enjoy it. Um, and yeah, I think I have a big one. That one. <laughs> right. I'd like to think that the folks at Best Buy would hook you up with like a nice, you know, like maybe two hundred inch screen in order to screen all your movies <laughs> and stuff like that at home. And the funny part was, it wasn't for me. The deal was for for a friend of mine. He needed to put a, a theater in his house. <laughs> You were just trying to help somebody out. Yes, yes. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I love that. All right, at NCBoomstick23 on Twitter, of course, how you follow him. And go vote for Nelson Cruz. He's in the other league. Go vote. When you put in all your Orioles, pop the the, the button for Nelson Cruz, too, when you make your all-star ballots uh, right now. Nelson, I, I know you're always doing good work. Is there something that we can plug for you, man, as far as the wonderful work that you continue to do? No, I mean, we continue to work on the weekend here in the States. Um, we, we work, 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 you know, try to find ways to uh, help kids and make sure they stay in school, baby, practice baseball. Um, that's what we're all about, you know, I believe in, in the work that we put on uh, with my foundation to help us, and uh, I'm really proud of the work that we haven't done. That's awesome. It may continue to do that forever. I'm going to try to speak into the existence that in two years when the Orioles are ready to compete for a World Series, um, we know you're still going to be killing it, so we just reunite in two years, and you end up coming and helping us win a World Series in 2024. That's the way I want to see things play out. Nelson Cruz, have have always... That'd be great. Oh, man, it would be the greatest story ever. Oh, my God, I would give me goosebumps. Have truly always appreciated you as a as a man, really as a baseball player. Continue to root for you. Please take it easy on us tonight, all right? Please. And uh, thank you, as always, for taking the time for us, man. Thank you. Good night. Yeah, appreciate it. The great Nelson Cruz. Um, God, love that dude. Truly love that dude. I, um, you know, we talk a lot about the, uh, the what-ifs in uh, Baltimore sports history, and... It's easy. One of the eternal what ifs is the what if you had brought back the guys that you should have brought back after the 2014 season and not spent all of your money on Chris Davis. What if it had gone? That would be something. Ten years later, Nelson Cruz Could comes you imagine back at 40 at 43 years old. But again, like somebody, you might look at his numbers right now for the season and say, "Well, he's hitting 250." You're starting to see the decline. But if you look at the last 30 days, he's right. hitting 333. Hey, you can pull Carson Weekly back up. Um, he's hitting 333 over the last month of the season. And you saw the one he ripped down the left field line last night. The, the exit velocity wasn't down on that ball at all. Like, there was no part of that that made you think he was 41 years old hitting that ball down the left field line last night. That was ripped. 333 over the last month, Nelson Cruz, at 41 years old. It's ridiculous. It's insane. So you're telling me he couldn't keep doing this for another couple of years? I, the way he I'm, talks, he's, he, I'm not he, knows the, he, yeah. he knows he'll be around. And look, I, I, you know, the, the unspoken part is if you really want a World Series, why'd you go to, to Washington? Well, you had to go somewhere where you're going to play. Like You have to be somewhere in order to remind people. By the way, if he continues hitting like this for the next couple of weeks, everybody's going to want him at the deadline. Yeah, you know, it's you know, there's still a limit to what Washington will be able to get for him because you know he's a 41 year old 
kind of bat only. Um, it's much like when we talk about Trey Mancini. There's a there's a limit. He didn't he play left field for the Rays last year. He can. Uh, it's not like first he, base or it's something. It's not like he, he can't. Can. <laughs> it's not like he can't. But you know, let's be realistic about it. Um, but he's a desirable bat to add to your whatever your situation is. So, I my God, like if he if he were if it were to be the Mets that traded for him, it'd be a That'd very be right. What an awkward situation that because I don't have any. I don't have any reason to hate the Mets, but just the nature of New York. It's like what I say about people that were rooting for the Celtics during the NBA Finals. I'm like, dude, in my blood, I'm going to hate Boston. That's just the way it's going to go. They're they're awful people. They're terrible sports fans. Like, I I hate them. I'm just inclined to hate them. I don't want to see them happy, ever. And I largely feel the same way about New York, right? Like, I don't. I didn't have any. Jo- I know we all wanted the Giants to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl because it was the Patriots on the other side. But I take no joy in that because there's a, those are Yankees fans that are happy. Now we know that Mets fans are likely not Yankees fans, so it's a different lot. But they're still New Yorkers. They still think they're better than everybody else. They still think that they're the most important people on the face of the planet, and that what they do runs the country. We know that because ESPN thought we needed to do four piece thirty for thirties about the 1986 Mets whose single most significant story was the guy from the other team letting a ball go through his legs. It was a good documentary, though. It was because Lenny Dykstra is insane. <laughs> like, yeah. if, not for Lenny, awesome. if not for Lenny Dykstra's insanity, it's an okay documentary. But it didn't need to be four parts. It's just that everybody believes that New York is so scary important. So I'm inclined to not like them, and I'm inclined to not want to see them happy. But if it's Buck... And Nelson Cruz, they shot at winning the World Series. You're going to learn to be a Metropolitans fan all of a sudden. I'm going to LGM, hashtag LGM all over the Twitter account because I'm going to have no choice. Even if it's just Buck, I probably will have no choice. Like, my God. Yeah, Wayne Kirby, too. Yeah. Forget about Wayne Kirby. Man, how do you not? How do you not? How do you not? Because right? Pete Alonso like, beat Trey Mancini in the home run derby last yeah, year. Yeah, I don't, I just don't you, you cannot get me to care about yeah. that. You can't. <laughs> You couldn't possibly. It's like trying to get me to care about preseason football. It was neat. I loved watching Trey. Who cares? Come on. It's the home run derby. Who cares? I can't believe anybody actually remembers who won. Good for you. Because <laughs> well, Trey was there. I, I remember Trey being a part of it. I couldn't. Like you would, maybe I would have remembered that it was Pete Alonso, but maybe. At best, maybe. Cold blooded Pete Alonso. Um, the, the big one was the one when like Josh Hamilton had the greatest home run derby of all time, but didn't win because. More no, maybe was the one who won that year. That was actually that was at uh, that was Angel Stadium too. Wasn't was that was that was the Angels? Why, why did I think that was in? Anaheim? I don't know. I don't, I don't remember. I, yeah. I mean, it could have. Lord knows. <laughs> I, I remember so little. It's the home run derby. Who cares? No, Davis. Sure. Chris Davis was at City Field. That was when he was in it. I think. Brother, <laughs> I don't know. You're not. You're asking the wrong. I mean, we do have the internet. I guess we get these answers, but but the real the real answer is who cares? Who could possibly care about these types of things? Um, I love. I just love Nelson Cruz. I can't. I can't tell you how much I love Nelson Cruz. And yes, it it makes you sick thinking about the fact that the Orioles thought there was no way he could hold up to give him long term deal, and here we are, eight years later. Eight, and he's still a very productive, helpful piece. Eight years. <sighs> settle, settle. 
don't panic about it. Thanks to Nelson Cruz for taking the time for us. Hey, if you missed Simply the Bets yesterday, you can find it right now by going to Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. Every Tuesday, um, we, we try to help you get ready for the week that is in sports betting with Simply the Bets, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. No weekend at bookies this week. That will return one week from Thursday. When we come back in, uh, Carson's got the young Utes. I got some trivia, too. Oh? Remember from last week, you said you wanted trivia? I got trivia this did week. Did I say I wanted? You did. Oh, yeah. You wanted... Uh... Oh, the young people. I totally... You know yeah. what? I screwed that up. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, I've got it. Oh, damn it. I didn't prepare my side of it. I actually failed <laughs> this time. Okay. I No, but this is good. I'll do mine next week. Okay. I'll do mine next week. What day are you in next week? Uh, Thursdays. Good regular? Yeah, regular? Back okay. To, back to normal. Tell you what. I'm going to put it on my calendar so I don't forget <laughs> about it. All right. We'll do the, I'll do my side of it next week. All right. Well, uh, we'll have some fun uh, next. It is a Would You Rather Wednesday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgambling.com. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. The latest edition of Pressbox is available now, and it's our very first Salute to Coaches issue. On the cover, we recognize Ravens coach John Harbaugh ahead of his 15th season. Also inside, find tributes to Navy football coach Ken Niamatololo, UMBC soccer coach Pete Karinji, Maryland soccer coach Sasha Sorovsky, and field hockey coach Missy Maharg, Mount St. Joe basketball coach Pat Clatchy, and poly basketball coach Kendall Peace. We also honor recently retired Johns Hopkins lacrosse coach Janine Tucker and Calvert Hall baseball coach Lou Eckerl, the athletes who 
whose lives these coaches have impacted, offering insights on what makes them special and why they've stood the test of time. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. To follow the show on Instagram, it's just Glenn Clark Radio. And to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one. Any hoodle. Take it away, boys. Right, back in here on GCR. Yes, we know. It, look, it's a very sad day in Baltimore sports. And I, I, I'm not... It, it, there's, it's a difficult thing. There is no, I, there's no football conversation to be had because that's it's trivial. I don't care how this impacts football. A human died. A really wonderful human died. So I don't care. So in what we do in sports radio, I don't have much of an interest in that. Um, I have chosen to try to give people time before we ask if they want to talk about Jalen Ferguson. That's a choice that I made because I, I've made a lot of those calls. In my career as a journalist, I made a lot of those calls where I had to be the one informing someone that someone had passed away, and that sucks. And the show we do is not that show any longer. It's not about being quickest. It's not about any of those things. So I made a choice today that we were going to talk. I was going to tell you what I know about Jalen Ferguson. I'm absolutely going to continue to talk about don't F this up in how you talk about it. Don't miss the boat in how you talk about addiction, which is an indiscriminatory disease that affects good people, bad people, uh, white people, black people, brown people, yellow people, people that don't know if, what kind of person they are. It's indiscriminate. Don't screw this up in how you discuss it. Don't show your own ass. Try to learn more. Talk to people who have dealt with addiction. Talk to people who have lost people due to addiction. Learn more. Educate yourself. Go the extra mile so that you don't screw up the conversation that we have about Jalen Ferguson. And... When you hear Ravens players and people that knew him talk about what a wonderful person he is, understand that that does not need to be measured against how his life ended in any way. That Those two are not related. There is no, yeah, but he couldn't have been that good of a person. He was at a, he was at a, a, a bad, he was in a bad place of town, a drug. No, no. You don't understand addiction. Listen to Darren Waller tell his story. Come help us out at the Helping Up mission. Understand a little bit better. Jalen Ferguson was a remarkable human being. I know. I got to talk to him a lot over the years. A lot. He's an incredible human being. The man who spent his draft day helping others, the most important day of his life. And teams couldn't get in touch with him because he was out cleaning up a city that had been devastated by a storm. That's who Jalen Ferguson is. That's what you need to know. I get it. It's a tough day. We've tried, you know, having doing a show, and this is what we do, and it's fine. I know. It's just a tough day, and I'm... I'm I'm trying to measure all of those things and it is impossible to hit all the right notes. It's just it's purely impossible. And I know somebody's gonna say, Well, you're weaving in between those things. That's what we do. Have you tuned in before? I mean, like that's what this show is. We weave in between. 
that's who we are. Um, I just, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I gotta keep reminding people of that, but it's just, it's what we're dealing with today. And we're gonna continue to have fun. I was really, I was happy to talk to Nelson Cruz. I was. I, I enjoyed it. I'm gonna enjoy doing Young Utes here with Carson Weekly in a second. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see if he screws it up and he, 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 he gives me things that young people don't actually care about. Um, all right, so let's do Young Utes first, and then we can we can do okay. this game. All right. All right. I wonder if we should save the game for next week so we can do it the... I mean, I can just come up with five more. All right. Let, all right. Let's 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 start with Young Utes. What are the... Oh, hang on. Yeah, I was going to say. It's not, like, musical. It's not, like... I could, my whistle could be an instrument. I thought it was good. This but is it, probably the it best was, we've had. It held up. It held up. What do you got for us? All what right, are the young so people talking about? Young Utes for this week. So the first thing, we, we've discussed this a little bit earlier on the show, but it's a big trend now. It was big trending on Twitter. I think it started on TikTok. Uh, he's a 10, she's a 10, but. And it's basically where people will get together and ask each other questions about either, you know, male or female or whatever they're into and say, well, He's a 10, but, and then give some crazy condition that would bring it down on the rating scale and see what people have to say. So, like, for example, Glenn, like, she's a 10, but yeah. she puts a weekly limit on how often you can watch tennis. Um, well, I mean, yes, obviously, that, that, would, that would not happen. I'm very familiar. It's why we, 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 we crafted uh, number two the way that we did on Would You Rather Wednesday this right. week, because it's all people have been doing. I have been trying to come up. Like I in, in in looking at it and the responses that we have gotten today, it, clearly I should have presented seven was too high on the scale. Like everybody's like, hey, seven's pretty. Let's be honest about it. Most of us, m- the average person, would be very happy <laughs> to live their life <laughs> with, a with a seven. Yeah. And that's not a male versus female thing. That's not because just because we're pigs. I think most women would feel this. My God, I don't think I even qualify as a seven, and yet my wife decided to marry me. So. The truth is that most people are like, yeah, seven's pretty good. I, to your point, Griffin, I probably should have brought it down a notch. Six, yeah. I yeah, probably should have brought it to a six for the sake of the, the conversation, right? I probably should have gone that route. Um, I, uh, I was telling the boys a story that I dealt with <laughs> once upon a time where— It's a real-life application. Of yeah, it wasn't—not that, not, not that like there was a 10 on the other— It's not like I was choosing between a 10 and a 5, but like I was measuring— the five, it's in that na- in the neighborhood of a five, with some of the other benefits that came along with the situation, and I was like, yeah, that's that's just fine. <laughs> like that worked out to make me feel like now ultimately, and you can call me a pig all you want. It didn't. It it wasn't going to work. I couldn't. It was unsustainable long term. I could no longer get past. That. And I've said this a, a million times. You've got to be attracted to the person that you're with. You have to be. You have to be physically attracted, or it, it ain't gonna work. It's just not gonna work. You can think they're wonderful, you can like, but if you ain't physically attracted to them, there's just no way. There's no way. It would be like you know, just talk to Dale Scott. It'd be like him trying to be with a woman, right? Like it's it's not gonna work. You're not into that. You have to be physically attracted to the person that you're that you're with in order for it to work. Um, and in in my application of this, ultimately, it was it was not sustainable. There was a moment where I was like, I'm. I can't. I I so I can't. I just can't do this. I badly want it to be, but I can't. There's no way. Um, I don't know. Do you know where it started? This whole I think thing? it started on TikTok. 
But why? Yeah, like, was, was there was there a trend? TikTok trends just kind of come yeah, out of the woodwork. Just some dudes that were talking. I don't know if yeah. I saw the first this is, one. This is yeah, I don't know world, if there's like a an world official like in. first video, but yeah, yeah, there's a ton of really. like, Oh no, it's I've seen it's all Twitter. it's all I've seen on Twitter. Yeah. And then the problem is like the brands get involved right. and then like they try to kill it, right? Like yeah. every sports team is like you know, I, I saw Maryland. Ten, but Mar- a Duke fan. Exactly right. They're a 10, but they're a Duke. And you're like, all right. Like, like, yeah. like, <laughs> I, I get it. I know what you're doing. You're trying to be involved, but like, this isn't for the brands. Let this one be for people. Let yeah. just like humans have conversations about this instead of you just trying to co-opt it. I not not that I'm pointing out Maryland basketball specifically because I <laughs> no I, it's it's been a lot. In, of in fairness, I do think there are Maryland basketball fans who probably would have used that like like in their own. She's a ten, but she's a Duke fan, or you know Ravens fans are like she's a ten, but she's a or he's a ten, but he's a Steelers fan. I remember there being a this is there was a girl. Oh God, I, she might listen to the show. I'd, I'd love this girl to the, to death. Um, and I remember there being a girl that I had this huge crush on, but she was a Steelers fan. When I was I was in high school at the time, <laughs> so I was stupid and I didn't realize like these things are trivial and they don't matter. Yeah. And I remember convinced. First of all, she was definitely out of my league. But second of all, <laughs> like I just remember thinking, well, it could never work anyway. Like there's no way this could <laughs> this couldn't work. She's yeah, that a was Steelers. your reasoning for yourself. It was yeah, like, she's a Steelers <laughs> fan. Like there were times where I was like, I should, but like she was a Steelers fan. I I, I can't. <laughs> And like stomach it. Like now, like obviously as an adult, you're like, no, you, you these things don't really matter. <laughs> like you can, I know you hear it all the time. You're like, how does this work? Somebody's married to it. Like, it works because you're adults. Because you get to a point in your life where you're like, this isn't the end all be all of how things go. And we can watch a football game in separate rooms or whatever. And we can understand. Like I don't feel good for her when the Steelers win, but like we are able as human beings. To understand that life is bigger than what football team we root for. But when you're 17, you do not understand that. No. <laughs> you do not. You guys probably don't know that yet. I think I would probably have been the same way at your age. Uh, I probably would have said the same thing. There's no, no Steelers fan. No way. <laughs> All right. Number two. Number two. So if you're familiar with music, everyone knows that Drake came out with an album last week. And... He basically has just been getting ripped by all of the young youths for it being terrible and has become the butt of a lot of memes now saying that just little trivial thing. This is another TikTok thing that Drake has become the butt of. And people are saying he's the kind of guy to clap when the plane lands and just all those (laughs) like all those little things that like you would, I guess, like shame someone for. And yeah, he's just been getting ripped. And uh, people think this new album is terrible that he's been putting out. You know, what's funny is that like. I've heard a lot of things. I don't care about Drake. I just don't. I don't care about Drake. I never have. I, there's a couple Drake tunes over the years. I'm like, eh, this is catchy. I am. What's the the everybody everybody like the Hotline Bling song. Everybody yeah. loved that. Yeah, was that like, was a major. It was a, the like, early 2010s Drake it. is uh, who Glenn. Yeah, talking about. yeah I'm yeah, thinking yeah. more. That was like the radio Drake that was. Like, and I you'd hear I can't. I, but and then I was never. Radio hits were great. Too. But I was never a big Drake fan. Like I openly admit, I was a. I still am a massive. Oh, his last album kind of sucked. I'm a massive Justin Timberlake fan. Like I'm a fan of Justin Timberlake. I paid American dollars to go see Justin Timberlake. I I I was a huge Lil Wayne fan. Oh my God, that lined up with me. Again, you gotta go. You guys are young. You gotta keep in mind, like the way that lined up with me was perfect. I remember like a group of people in a car driving around. The, all belting out every lyric to blunt blowing at one point in my life. Like, I was all in on Lil Wayne. I went and spent my money to go see Lil Wayne 
at one point. I also went once with Jay Trucker to see him at the arena when Jay was reviewing it for the Baltimore Sun. And I might still be high to this day. I might still have a contact high from that show <laughs> at the arena. It was insane. Um, I've never been a Drake guy. Like, at no point was I like, I'm a Drake fan. There were songs. I was like, that's all right. But I never thought he was so great that I found myself saying, I'm just a fan of Drake. The way that I was a like a, a massive Jay-Z fan or the way that I was a big Lil Wayne fan. At this point, I'm I'm mostly out because most of it is mumble rap and I just not, in, I can't get in. You can't no matter how hard you, I like Kendrick, I do. I, I, I think everybody's talking about this as being the greatest hip hop record of all time and I don't think that's the case. I think it's good. I like it. Um, what is your greatest hip hop record? Um, Stankonia, probably. Like you gotta, you gotta, I mean, you yeah. gotta, the hip hop yeah. line, it's, it's an age thing, but right. I, I don't think that there's been any, Tribe Called Quest, like th- that 90s hip hop was so different and into the early 2000s. Tough to compare to the era. Out- Outcast was just. It's almost apples to oranges. It, that's a fact. That's a fact. Um, but I was never a big. So I don't. None of this bothers me when people dunk on Drake. Cause like, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like it because it's really funny. Yeah, it's funny. And I think he brought <laughs> some yeah. of it on. Like, it's the thing. It's it, Everybody always points out, like, the him rooting for every sports yeah. team. Yeah. And then literally the team <laughs> that he lose. rooted against, they they lose, and then he just goes and celebrates in the locker room with the other team that won. Like he's he brings it upon himself <laughs> in so many ways. He's I do respect the fact that like he cares a lot about Toronto and he's an ambassador for the Raptors and for the place that he's from. I have respect for that. That like he tries to elevate the city that he's from and and be an ambassador for those teams and all those. I got some respect for that, but like he also roots for but he roots for Kentucky basketball too. Right. There ain't no connection to that. He's just it's just some front running S, you know. Speaking it's of all that Drake is. and basketball, have you guys seen the clips of Oh his yeah, oh, yeah. possum saying he was like Kobe in game seven against yeah, the Celtics. Yeah, and it's just like these dudes that like so don't play stupid. any defense on him and he just like so nails stupid. an open three and like goes so, crazy. So dumb. So dumb. <laughs> All right, and what's uh, number three? Uh, so number three, Kim Kardashian's back in the news because she wore a dress that had oh, belonged the, to Marilyn yeah. Monroe oh. at the Met Gala, and I mean, I personally really don't care. Yeah, I definitely, but don't like care. a lot of young people are legitimately upset with her because apparently she damaged the dress in some right. sort of way. I don't know anything about dresses, but like apparently, like the back of it's messed up. And yeah, people are pretty upset about that. Yeah, I guess uh, they said it was in bad taste for her to wear the dress. I mean, well, and she was trying to like out. I mean, I, I guess I'm same. I guess the question is: It literally the exact same dress? Uh, apparently, it is the dress. So how did Monroe like wore. when you? How did she fit the, into it? Or how did she get it? I think like who owns the dress? Money can buy a lot of things, Glenn. And but when you have somebody a lot of has it. to <laughs> own it, though, like I don't. I, you know what? No, I think she owns it. No, no. I'm not going to get I don't care. I'm not going to get involved with this. My life is better if I don't know these answers. I'm, I've, ch- I've completely changed my mind. It's side by side. It's the, yeah. same, it's the same dress. I understand, but how did she get access to it? I don't know. I'll look it up. But someone, oh, someone God, I don't want to like, know. I don't actually want to. I don't want to know like any more information about this. Of like the before and after of it and like how it was damaged. I can't tell a difference. Well, who would possibly? That's the type of thing. That, like, <laughs> there's tell. just no way. There's no way that. You, what do we know about dresses? So how would we know that? Okay, so it belonged to the Metropolitan Museum of Art, and it says that they so donated did, to a charity to let her wear it, and she only wore it for the photos on on the red carpet. Did it raise money for a charity? It did. Okay, so she, well, well she, she donated to a charity to be able to wear the she dress. She made a donation her, to, yes. to be able to wear the, to be able to wear the dress. 
my God, man. Yeah, and if it's for a good cause, like, yeah, it's not, the, hell? the way I look at it, you know what? If this dress rips a little bit, but a bunch of money goes okay, to a good cause. I mean, like, okay. did, did you raise more me? money than whatever? Who's going to pay to get it fixed? Is she going to pay to get it fixed? Are they even going to get it fixed? I, know, I, don't, know. Know. I don't know either. I don't know, any of, I don't know how any of this works. I, don't, I can't believe it. I can't believe <laughs> the world is falling apart. And we're flipping out about a stupid dress. Ah. But I believe that the young people do care about it. I yeah, do think it is funny. I, mean, I do think these so, are stories. Someone posted the picture, like the side by side. I can't tell the difference, like what the damage is done. But they're like, I need to go lay down. Yeah, I mean, what <laughs> Yo, are we people doing are, people with our are lives? really, really like up in arms. What about is this? this? <laughs> this is like a big. <laughs> Who deal are we people. as a society? Hey, did we put up anything more on TikTok? Yeah, we got. What did we put up? Uh, okay, so we got. Pull up the TikTok page over here. Pull up. Hang on a second. Pull we it up. We have four videos up hang, now. Hang, oh, one, ooh, ooh. one got 213 views. One got That's, 132. Okay, we're. It's not a lot, but we're. Yeah, we're no, we're definitely getting. We're, we're moving. The train we're moving is somewhere. Just at to at roll. Glenn Clark Radio on TikTok. What did we post? Just um, so one was the Taco Bell thing. That okay. Wanted when okay. you were saying that we thought it was dumb that we were. I stand by that. I got to share that one out. And then one of them's a sweater vest story because I thought that was a good. <laughs> I liked that bit a that's lot. A good, that's a good one. I don't, I don't know that I want the girl that's involved in that story to know because we're still, I, we're, no, we're still friends. I, I love that girl. She knows, but I, it's a walk with my wife. It's a whole thing. Like, what do you want me to take it down? No, I don't. My wife's never. My the chance. I of, thought it was a good bit. Mrs. Clark's never going to edit up on TikTok. I'm not on TikTok. There's zero. She's not on Twitter. Really? Yeah. Okay. Was really into the sweater vest, and I. What I the part that I didn't know is she was also into me, <laughs> and I didn't know that at the time. And we were playing like some sort of day. game. I mean, it probably was Flip Cup or, you know, whatever it is that we were playing at the time. I don't know it, what the It's about a minute long. You want to play the whole thing? Yeah, they're all about a minute long. Games are. Um, but whatever we were playing, she was like, let's put a bet on this. And I was like, okay. Got like, three what, likes. What did you have in mind? And it somehow involved <laughs> One of them was from me. Like, if she lost. <laughs> I think I, 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 think I probably liked it, too. Oh, good. Nothing about the sweater vest. And that was a very fruitful night for young Glenn Clark. It was a very pleasant I was getting used to the word fruitful, by the way. That is her life. Like, it was a night I, I think quite fondly of. <laughs> and the sweater vest became kind of like a, a part did. of the story it's moving a, forward. It's an iconic image. This girl's place. More important than Marilyn Monroe's who, dress. Um, I love the sweater vest. This is right, the next. type of thing. You guys are rubes and right. boobs. It's Taco Bell. Oh, yeah. Taco Bell. Yeah, yeah. I'm just willing to look at a shiny object and say, Oh my God! It's new and it's cool, and I want it. I mean, this looks very. Uh, what happens when they drop down someone else's food? Stand by this. Two. This is a two-minute long. If you were having the stand by. All right, we don't need to play. Yeah, that was a long. I stand. Clip. I stand. I stand by. You can. You can. You can dump that. Right. I stand by that. By the way, stupid <laughs> talking. You guys are all dumb. You're like, oh wow! Look at this cool-looking Taco Bell. It, it looks pretty cool. It doesn't improve your life in any way. It makes it worse. They, they don't put any fire sauce down the tube, and you're like, I really wanted some fire sauce. And you're talking to nobody. There's nobody to tell for you to get your fire sauce. Nobody. Your problem now. Maybe, Deal with it. Maybe they'll have, like, buttons, and you can hit, like, yeah, they, I want this sauce. So it, like, automatically sends but it But when down. they send down uh, uh, whatever it is that wow. you didn't no, order. Yeah, see, you got nothing in your starter. When you, they send down the, 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 the cinnamon crisp, the, what, are they, what do they call those? They still do those? I don't oh, know. yeah. I remember those. those. I don't think they do have them anymore. Yeah. The, they, cinnamon, they have them. the cinnamon twist. Yeah, they, they cinnamon, when oh, they, they send down them? cinnamon twists. The way they make those is just, And oh, And you didn't want that. You <laughs> wanted a cheesy gordita crunch. Do they still do those? I don't oh, know yeah. what they do at Taco Bell. Yeah. God, I they still got everything. They introduced the cheesy. You know what you got to do? Crunch. You got to get the Doritos shell in there. Instead I, of the I'm sure. Shell. I'm sure that's the play. If that I still consume good. Taco Bell, I'm sure I would be having a lot of those. Doritos when they introduced the, when Bell. they introduced the cheesy gordita crunch, your boy might as well have moved in. <laughs> might as well have been paying rent 
at the old and I, I there wasn't so I was living in Kingsville. I was trying to think. Oh, the White Marsh one. That was the one. There was a Taco Bell in White Marsh. There was a little annex in White Marsh that was like a Taco Bell and a McDonald's. And my friend, we spent a lot of time in uh, the Perry Hall High School crew. Spent a lot of time <laughs> in that annex over by the White Marsh Mall where the Taco Bell and McDonald's were. I, I, th- they knew me. It, not just on a personal level. Like we built lives together with the folks at the Taco Bell. I was there so often because of the cheesy gordita crunch. All right, we wanted to play How Old Are You, How Young Are You, but I screwed up and I forgot. So. We're just going to play How Old Are You. We're going to play How Old Are You. You got five? Got five. The They'll be quick. You present five concepts. It could be someone's name. It could be an app. It could be a, whatever it is. It's something that young people know about that I, as I'm now staring down 40, may or may not know about. And I've got to figure out at least I'm going to say I know it and then attempt to describe what it is to figure out if I actually know it or not. That is the concept. I will, we'll do a full version of this next week. What concepts do you have for how old are you? Okay, so the first one, what was the title of Justin Bieber's first See, hit that, song? That, I, well, I know that was Baby. Yeah, ba- okay, baby. That's, but that's not, that's, that's, that was in the mid-2000s. That's not something that like, is relevant to 2022. I feel like but the people idea, this age know this stuff, though. I don't know that people... Yeah, I, I mean, mean, like, yeah. what year would that have been? That would have been like 2010. 2010. My God, you were, you were five. Whatever you were yeah, at that young. point. I, I mean, my young. God, this isn't... All right, what's next? Well, Good job, all these, are, one. all these are a little... I, all right, you know what? We're going to can it. <laughs> we're going to do better next week. I do want to see if you can do this one, though. All right, fine. Give me one more. All right, put the, these three gaming systems. I want you to put them in order when they came right, out. There's no chance. This is Now Now it's like a trivia night. Wii, PlayStation 2, Xbox One. PS2, Xbox One. Uh, all right, uh, PS2 was the oldest. Yes, and then Xbox One. I'm trying to think. I think it goes. Yeah, PS2, Wii, Xbox One. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Very correct. Yeah. I can do that math. Yeah. Um. I'm, what I want you to do. We can can it. And then right. more, so con, you want concepts. I want I want things that twenty. You're twenty one or twenty. 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 But Jesus same same thing. You guys are so young. <laughs> uh, I want things that twenty year olds know about. That thirty eight year olds smelling thirty nine. I'll be thirty nine in two two months. Congrats. Know about like some app that's very popular. Some All right. somebody was talking to me about crumble cookies the other day, and I was like, "What? Mm. I, I've never heard of it. I don't know what that means. I I know it's a. I'm guessing it's a form of cookie, but I know nothing of it. It means gotcha. zero to me. So a question like, what is crumble cookies? Yeah, you, you just give end. out the concept. Okay, just say who is, and then say somebody's <laughs> name. Maybe okay, it's okay. the star of Euphoria. I gotcha. don't that girl's name that everybody's Zendaya? in love with. No, everybody knows Zendaya. The, the, Sydney Sweeney. The, Sydney Sweeney. Oh, thank I never you. watched. I, 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 everybody keeps telling me I should, but I have not watched either. Um, that's the type of thing I'm looking for. Whereas on the flip side, I'm going to say, Carson Weekly, do you know what the B-52s are? Love Shack. There you go. All right, so you know something that young... That's that's going to be the concept of the game. Okay, All right? Okay. I got, got Is it. Is ideas... Do you, the person, place, thing. I can do that. How many app, do you want? Whatever. Five. Ten. Do ten. ten. Okay. I'll do okay. ten. We'll All do right. dueling. We'll do dueling. Um, and Griffin, you're gonna have to try to be the judge of okay. whether the question was fair or not. Okay. Got it. Like you're gonna have to do the one <laughs> on this side. You can't ask me. You can't. I can't be like, what was Doja Cat's third album? Yeah, like that. That's, that's, that's not. That's not it. Okay. That's not yeah, it. That's right. That's, that's not what we're doing. Too, we're saying present <laughs> something, an idea. <laughs> do you know? Do you know what it is? Right. That's and then I got to try to figure out if I know what it is. Gotcha. Right. Yeah. So something that broadly, 22, 20 year olds, Jesus Christ, twenty year olds know about, 
2022, but you're not sure that 40-year-olds know about in 2022, right? Like, I know who the chain smokers are. They're quite ubiquitous. But I don't know if there's... When I found out Moneybag Yo was playing Preakness this year, I was like, not for me. And a lot of my friends were like, really, dude? Really? You don't know Money... I'm like, I'm guessing he's a rapper. I'm (laughs) guessing that's that's what he does for a living, but I don't know a damn thing about it. That's what I'm looking for. All right? All right. Carson Weekly, well done. That was a good. Uh, that was good. Young Utes. Let's get a tidbit. Tidbit brought to you today by the print issue of Press Box, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find Press Box, uh, you can read it all. Pressboxonline.com. It is our salute to coaches issue of Press Box, uh, where we recognize John Harbaugh upon 15 years as head coach of the Ravens. Also inside, Navy football coach Ken Niumatololo, who's also hitting 15 years as well as other coaches that either have recently or are approaching milestones like UMBC's, Sasha Sor- UMBC's Pete Karinji, Maryland's Sasha Sorovsky and Missy Maharg, um, Mount St. Joe's Pat Clatchy, Polly's Kendall Peace, and then some recently retired coaches like uh, Janine Tucker from Johns Hopkins and Lou Eckerl from Calvert Hall. And it's the players whose lives and the athletes whose lives they impacted the most who tell the stories about those coaches, what's made them so special, and how they've stood the test of time. It's available for free right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find press box. By the way, uh, John Proctor's actually been d- chiming in with gold this morning, so I apologize, Proctor. I, I, I don't know why my computer is not telling me that you're checking in. Um, which was the bigger failure, the Orioles letting Nelson Cruz go or the Ravens letting Anquan Bolden go? They're That's, both up there. That is tough. That is tough. Um, I guess because at least the Ravens got a Super Bowl out of it before they let him go. That you would say the answer is Nelson Cruz. Nelson Cruz, yeah. because like they never. Like we were still. They, I think they were. The window was still there. I yeah. think also what followed Nelson Cruz not being signed. Right, it, it got so bad. Yeah, it got really bad, and the Ravens. Whereas yeah, in, like, for, Ray in, Lewis in was two, gone in two thousand four, but in two thousand fourteen, the Ravens still did have yeah. a chance to win a yeah. Super Bowl. It was the only year after right. that until Lamar Jackson they had a chance, but they did have a genuine. They did, chance and they brought in Steve Smith. And, R- right, right. Yeah. and the like, Orioles haven't even been close. But since. but uh, the uh, the singular move alone, which one was? Worse? Probably letting Cruz walk. In the Probably moment, Cruz. I think the answer was Bolden. I think yeah. we knew Bolden was such a perfect fit for Joe Flacco yeah. that in the moment I was more furious about Bolden. The Cruz thing, I think we all at the time were like, yeah, you don't know how long he's going to be able to do this. Like, I, right. I, I, and, and at the time we were thinking about wanting to sign Chris. Oh, God. We were thinking about, you know. Chris at the Dillon. time, that was all the hype, though. That was, oh, God. At the Dillon, time, man. Chris Davis was probably the smart move. Because uh, you were yeah, like, Nelson yeah, Cruz I mean, could have been a one-year flash in the pan. And, and Chris we were Davis like, Chris Davis here. just hit 50 homers. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's so tough. That's so tough. Um, uh, Proctor also said, comparing mumble rap to 90s hip-hop is like comparing g- garage revival rock to new metal and other su- rock subgenres. Some are for some people. Others are not. Mumble rap is S, though. I just don't. It's not for me, man. I I keep trying because I feel like I'm... I'm like I'm leaving out an entire genre of music at this I point. I don't. You're really not missing. I am yeah, much. you're not I am missing. Struggling, man. Like I, th- there are so many things that people tell me they're into, and then I listen to it. I'm like, what is the appeal? I don't get it. What do you like about this? Yeah. I mean, if you listen to like one of those, like a mumble rap song, and then go put on like some something something real something cla- i heard you some know classic yeah, rocker or just or even yeah, like a yeah. hip-hop piece from like wow you're like this is a much more complete i don't understand how we compare this genre to like i just don't get it I, i'll even say like i 
There was one song he put out that I liked. I don't get the appeal of Post Malone either. I don't get Ooh. it. I know that like it's cool to smell and, and have tattoos, but I listen to those songs. I'm like, I, I oh, I love Post. What am I? That <laughs> one song that he did for the Spider-Man movie, I liked a great deal. Oh, Sunflower. I, that's yeah. a tremendous. That was song. a smash hit. Wonderful yeah, song. That song. But I hear other songs, and all I hear is a dude that like can not like maybe he can sing. But I don't really hear that he can sing. I like all and his music. Maybe he can rap, but I don't really hear that he can rap. I hear a guy that's just kind of out there, and because he looks like he smells and he has a bunch of face tattoos, people are into it. I, I am, I don't get it. No, I don't I, get it at all. I, but I did I like, love. I love the Spider-Man song. Ten and a half. Ten and a half. Love that. I don't song. really care what he looks like or what he smells like. Uh, I just can't. His I've songs. Tried. I've tried. They make I me smile when I hear them. I don't get it. I don't get it. <laughs> All right. Uh, sorry, tidbit. Okay. We're running over today. I'm sorry. All right, tidbit. So Rob Gronkowski retired yesterday for the second time. Um, so likely, you know, forever this time. So he'll go down as one of maybe the greatest tight end of all time. You know, the, maybe the knock being his longevity. Uh, he didn't play as long as some of the other great tight ends. I, I mean, I think that what we're trying to say is that he is the, the, the greatest game breaker mm-hmm. of all time at the tight end position. Did he have the career of a Tony Gonzalez, they had the career, the you know, when you bring up longevity, was he the most gifted? I, like you could say, athletically, nobody would talk about it. Vernon Davis might be the most athletic freak that yeah. you've ever seen at the tight end position, but the biggest game breaker of all time at tight end, and you know, he's up there. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, how many tight ends can you just throw a goal line fade no, to? That's the if they're thing. on a like, safety, he just, he'll just, he just snag it over. He was him. such There's, a he many. was an utter and complete cheat code. I, I, it's impossible. There's no there's no one answer to this question. Shannon Sharp was unbelievable. Tony Gonzalez is unbelievable. Look, Travis Kelsey is unbelievable right now. Um, Antonio Gates was a monster. Um, yeah, so like, that leads me into the tidbit. It's uh, I want to know who are. Uh, the top nine tight ends with the most touchdowns most all time. Touchdowns. I mean, I guess it's guys that we've been naming. It has. Yes. Sharp. Sharp is eighth. Gonzalez, he is seventh. Gonzalez seventh is up there. Gonzalez is two. Gates. Gates is one. 116 for Antonio Gates. Five ahead of Tony Gonzalez. Gronk. Uh, Gronk is third. He has 92 receiving touchdowns. Witten. Jason Witten, top five, 74. Uh, I'm going to say Travis Kelsey's there already. Travis Kelsey is nine. Yeah. Kind of why I made it nine. Yeah. 57 receiving touchdowns for Travis Kelsey. So 57 is the low number. Yeah. So that's not that. So Vernon Davis probably isn't on the list. Then. Vernon Davis I, is. I, I was going to say, I wouldn't be surprised at all by Vernon Davis. Vernon Davis has 63. So we're missing two. You are missing. Is Dallas Clark on there? Dallas Clark is just outside the top nine. He is 53. I'm going to say Jimmy Graham. Yes, Jimmy Graham. He's fourth all time. Elite tight end for many years. Dude, Jimmy, people like for. They forget. There's a legit argument about Jimmy Graham in the Hall of Fame. And like, it's crazy to think. He was unbelievable. He's had, like, it's been about six years now where he's kind of been just sort of an afterthought. But my God, how good Jimmy Graham was. Is Jeremy Shockey on there? Jeremy Shockey not on there. Um. Like Greg Olson. Greg Olson is eighth. There you go. Sixty. Nice. Where's and Shannon like, Sharp was seventh. Where's uh, Ozzie Newsom on the list? Ozzie Newsom, he is up there. He is down in I think like around twenty-ish. Okay, he's got forty-seven. I mean, this is a different era of football. Yeah. It's just yeah. not forty-seven not for Ozzie. The tight end was more of a blocking. He's ahead what of about, ahead about, of Keith Miller. So give me all right. Hang on. Where's Zach Ertz? Zach Ertz. I don't see him on like this. Not a little like surprised top thirty-ish. A little surprised by that. He's less than forty-two, Zach. What about what was? I don't even know what the number. What Todd, Todd Heap has forty-two. Okay, and where's and how many does Mark Andrews have so far? 
uh, should have known that going into this. Seems like Mark Andrews has a real chance of yeah. of cracking the top ten at some point. Probably two if he keeps going like this for two or three yeah. more years, he'll yeah, be on. Probably that. seems like that's the case. Twenty nine right. for Mark Andrews. All right, so he's still a ways. He's away. within striking yeah. distance. But yes, though. yes. I mean, four years in. Yeah, I mean, if you all you got to do is get to forty, yeah, he's got to get like five or six a year, yeah, which is, seems very plausible. To no me. doubt, no doubt. All right, Nine very last good. Last year. Uh, Tubular, brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. 61 self-service kiosks. The place, I mean the place, to watch all the big events. So whether it's Stanley Cup Finals tonight or whether you're thinking about where you want to go to watch Israel Adesanya next Saturday, UFC 276, they got it on the big screen at the FanDuel Sportsbook Live Casino and Hotel. And you can bet on it. On their 61 self-service kiosks, you want to make sure you reserve your spot. Email events at sportssocialmd.com. All right, here's what's coming up totally tubular-wise this evening. Masson for the Orioles broadcast. Masson 2 for the Nationals broadcast. Nationals-Orioles at 7 o'clock. Patrick Corbin and Tyler Wells, the pitching matchup there. MLB Network today. Blue Jays, White Sox at 2. Phillies, Rangers at 5. Tigers, Red Sox at 7. Royals, Angels at 10. ESPN, College World Series, elimination game, Texas A&M, Oklahoma at 2, then Arkansas, Ole Miss at 7. As we mentioned, Stanley Cup final tonight, game four, as the Lightning try to even things up, 8 o'clock against the Avalanche on ABC. ESPN 2, New York Liberty, Connecticut Sun at 7, FS1 for day two, the finale. They're crowning a champion tonight. Who says there's no big events coming up? The Westminster Dog Show crowns a champion tonight at 7.30. Who do you like, Griffin? Uh, I like uh the, the mutts. I'm a I'm the, I think it's the Yorkie. I think the Yorkie's got well, it. See, one. that's that's the everyone that's that's the favorite. I like. Uh, I don't root for the underdog. Okay, you're the, the underdog. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. TBS for AW Dynamite tonight at eight. Non sports. Uh, better night tonight. Let's see. Uh, HBO showing a new Chernobyl like little documentary called The Lost Tapes on Chernobyl. So that might okay. be interesting. Uh, the the Thor actors. Everyone's making their uh, late night run this week. Uh, Taika Waititi will be on. Colbert, Tessa Thompson on Kimmel. MasterChef is on Fox at 8. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi season finale oh. is on tonight. Uh, Doctor Strange, the new Doctor Strange also comes to Disney+. Plus. And then Umbrella wait, Academy. Wait, the new Doctor Strange. It's coming to oh, Disney+. Plus. The, yeah, you can yeah, watch it. The, yeah, well, no. that seems quick. It, it does seem quick. Is it, do you have to pay? I, it, that, it didn't look like you had to pay. It looks like it's on there. This is if, if you, you Disney+. Okay, yeah, right. You waited long enough if all you... Right. I'm pretty sure if when, you, I was, you haven't gotten price when I was at the Cinemaplex over the weekend, I'm pretty sure they were still showing. Yeah, they're, they're, I think they're still Strange. showing. I mean, people yeah. like seeing yeah. stuff on the big screen. Uh, Umbrella Academy season three out on Netflix. That's wait, really? Yes, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Although I gotta so, be honest with you, I don't think I watched season two. I didn't. Watch I like Umbrella either. Academy. I, liked, yeah, I, I just season one. I am. I'm trying to uh, finish up. Uh, or I'm not finish up. I just started Peaky Blinders, so I got to get through that before I. Yeah, Umbrella Academy was one of those things. Like I started. During the pandemic, and oh my god, they, the way people are it. talking about this coming episode of The Boys on Friday. If you guys have not watched this season of The Boys, holy s, holy s, it's amazing. Um, but everybody's talking about they, if you're not into The Boys, let me uh, let me try to let's see if this will this will this will appeal to you. This is a, a, a this isn't for kids. Um, Seth Rogen is now a character on The Boys, kinda. He plays. Character named Circumsalot Seven Seventy Nine. Oh, wow! I'm interested. <laughs> Just shows so good. It's so <laughs> effing good. 
All right, anything else? Uh, there's one thing you might like, Snowflake Mountain on, ah, on, out on Netflix. Sure. It is a, a new reality show oh, with yeah. like 10 rich 20-somethings. Oh, can't wait for that. And so they now have to go out and live in the wilderness. Yeah. Uh, and yes. Hey, let me I know. guess we'll see what happens. All right, yeah, keep <laughs> me updated on that one. And not at all. All right. Uh, thanks today to uh, 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 Carson Weekly. Give me your uh, your socials for people to follow you. Uh, just at Carson Ware. Where's W A I R E on? God, I'm so mad that it took me this long to come up with Carson Weekly. Yeah, that's a it's good one. So just... good. It was right there the whole time. It was right there, and I couldn't come up with it. Great. We man. have it now, though. Yeah, we'll run with that forever. Um. All right, so give him a follow there. Thanks today to uh, Nelson Cruz. Thanks to Dale Scott. Thanks also to Drew Forrester. We'll get all that up in the Greatest Hits section of the <coughs> tab at glennclarkradio.com. We will chat with Stephen Means tomorrow. We wanted to give him a little bit of time. Um, understandable that, that what everybody's going through uh, after Jalen Ferguson's passing. So we will catch up with him tomorrow as he is back with the Baltimore Ravens. We like that. Uh, we will make our trip to Bowie tomorrow. Um Somebody. Okay, that's yeah. that's the reality and stuff and things on a Thursday edition of the program. Thanks to everybody at Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, uh, the Charm City Match, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore Bass. Thanks to Ryan at Rexpex Ryan. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Boom. At, at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Wednesday evening. Go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.